Planet Fantasy is brought to you by all of you beautiful, lovely people. And we want to do something special for y'all. So, if you give us a review or a rating on any of the streaming apps, I'm talking Overcast, Spotify, Apple, any of them, we'll put you into a drawing. And whoever wins gets to curate their very own Planet Fantasy episode. That's right. You get to be the host. You're crafting the draft idea, everything. So just hit us up with those reviews, ratings, and uh, we'll see you on episode 101. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. Tonight is the Effie Awards for the Book of Boba Fett. And now, without further ado, here are your two favorite Jawas who forgot their wallets in Garza Sanctuary, Damon and Kyle. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? It's going, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, the weekend is always time for me to recharge and and also just go go hyperdrive on my binges. I am speeding through Lucifer as we speak. Uh, very good show. Thanks to uh, Anna H., who... Uh, continuously recommended the show so uh, mm-hmm. i'm a big fan uh have you been watching anything or um yeah i've got family in town so i've been trying to keep up with binges but mostly just the current stuff like what we're talking about today with boba fett and then peacemaker is just on a fucking roll right now i mean there are seven episodes in six and they have not missed a beat really really big fan of that show so far so fun. Um, we have two friends of the pod today, fellow rat birds, Ryan and Anna H. How's it going, y'all? Hello. Hey, guys. Super excited for today. <laughs> this is great. This is a full rat bird pod. This is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. Team Chaos. Is it? I, yeah, it is, isn't it? I thought, wait, no, yeah. didn't we do? Did we? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You specifically told me that this was never going to happen because, quote unquote, <laughs> it would be too chaotic. And here we are. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we did pick it for a very interesting show that I am just excited to see what everyone thinks because I still don't know what I think. So, yeah. Um, that being said, y'all ready to get into it? Because we are here for the Book of Boba Fett, Effies. A sh- the, the latest show in the Star Wars universe. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into opening remarks, y'all. Um, Ryan, tell us just what you generally thought of the show and where it sits as far as you, your thoughts in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah, so I, I think... Uh, you used a good word for Damon, which is interesting. Um, it, uh, yeah, uh, I 
overall enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely uneven. Um, and you can argue that you, you know, feel bad for Boba because he's like the fifth or sixth most interesting character on his own show. Um, but I mean, I'm not sure if that is much his fault as like the direction they went. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, it was, it was okay. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I, I think there will be better Star Wars TV this year with uh, Kenobi. And then uh, I'm personally really excited for Andor. So um, we will see what is to come. Um, but, yeah, overall, you know, not my favorite Star Wars TV. But um, definitely some things that I enjoy about it. And I'm, you know, obviously glad to watch. So, yeah. All right. All right. Kyle, what are, what are your uh, thoughts on the series? Um, yeah, probably just going to be like, sounded like a broken record with you and Ryan, but I, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting enough to where, well, I'll say, and we'll get more into like specific episodes, but I think at, at around episode four, I was like, I don't know if I want to finish the show. Like I was like, I, this is really a slog to get through. And as we know, you know, like the last three episodes for, you know, not great reasons for the show itself, but have really boosted the interest in the show. Um, but I remember finishing the finale and being like, okay, there was enough there. Like, even if you take out Mando and you take out Grogu and you take out all the extra stuff that we loved in the finale, it was actually a pretty cool finale. It was, you, know, you get Boba gets a really cool standoff with Cad Bane. And like, there's enough in that finale that I'm like, okay, I would watch a season two of this. It was really messy, but I feel like it, in hindsight, once we get more in, in this show and they have a better footing of like what they want to do with Boba, I feel like I'll probably appreciate this season more. Um, but for now, yeah, it's a very uneven season, but certainly worth talking about. And as like as Star Wars fans love to say this, the non-shitty Star Wars fans love to say this, that, like any Star Wars is good Star Wars. I mean, it's still fun to be in this universe and it's fun to watch shit go down on Tatooine, you know? <laughs> very true. Anna, what are your thoughts? So when we initially look at the, I'm going to call it a trailer, it's not really a trailer, drop at the end of Mando, uh, we were really expecting Space Godfather, essentially, with that setup, right? So we were going and expecting one thing, and then we got really a campier version, um, which was fine, but at the end of the day, it's not really what we expected. It was definitely a lot more lighthearted, um, we weren't really expecting this backstory as to what Boba Fett's been doing this whole time, which was interesting. And it definitely helped set up the finale with the standoff with Cad Bane, but it's not really what we wanted. Boba really should be what Mando currently is, but we obviously can't have two Mandos. Right. So I think they were just trying to pivot into something a little different, but without seeing what Favreau and Filoni have planned for season two i can't really say right because while the ahsoka episode mando was really cool i was like oh that's kind of weird right i was like it's fine if she's gonna get her own spinoff and then she got her own spinoff so you know is that what's gonna happen with chrysanthemum i don't know like they're setting up a lot of different seeds and i don't really know how it's gonna play out yet so it's gonna be interesting to see that gotcha yeah i'm, I'm just echoing everyone as well it is a show that it works and then it doesn't work. And it just kind of it flips it uh, flip flops back and forth. Um, it has really high highs, really low lows. And it's just like 
like Ryan said, uneven. And I I enjoyed it as a whole. But some of the things I just, it, I was indifferent on. It was things just that I felt like we didn't need or that they didn't deliver as well as they could have. Um, like Anna said, it, it was, you know, kind of promised to be Space Godfather. And if they had gone that route and, like, committed, I think it would have been fun and had... Boba actually be a interesting kind of crime lord I would have we would all would have been excited like that was what a lot of the talk was about the first two episodes like okay yeah like how is this going to work and like what's he going to do to to make this better and who's he you know what's he going to be and then we find out pretty quickly that he he's not much for it like he, he's going to be a very different kind of crime lord and I'm sure we'll talk a little, little bit about that more later but what it ended up being was still a fun show like Kyle said, it it was enough to get me excited for the future. And at the end of the day, whether it's good or bad, that's kind of what this is meant to do. It's just like the mold of the MCU now. It is the engine that keeps on churning. And it's just gonna it's gonna set up the next project in a way. And then that project's gonna be fun and it's gonna set up the next one. And it's just gonna keep going. So even if it doesn't deliver all the way, it's if it gives us enough to keep going and we pick and choose the fun stuff out of it. Black, uh, Black or Santan, maybe, you know, more of the major domo. That's my guy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for it. So on the whole, it's definitely on the lower tier of star Wars. I have not really thought about it. Like if I'm ranking this with, it's like everything movies and I'll have to think about that. So we'll, we'll, we won't, we won't say anything, but, uh, I, I'm ready to dig into these awards, y'all. Y'all ready? Let's do yeah. it. And here are your nominees for the Tuscan Raider Award. All right. We have the Tuscan Raider Award, our version of the Wallflower for this episode. Um, yeah, you know the deal at this point. Basically, our character who we just wanted to see more of, we enjoyed their time on the show, but we feel like they they were kind of cut short. So Ryan, kick us off. Who's your your nominee for the Tuscan Raider Award? Okay. Um, I could go with one person, but I have a feeling that he's going to come up in another category. So uh, I'm going to go with Fennec Shand. Um, I think of the duo, she's the more compelling character. Um, I just think it, I think it's another great performance by Ming Na Wen, and um, we we get glimpses of her, but um, especially in the early episodes, because um, since they're doing the flashback part, um, except for the I think it's the third episode where Boba finds her, and then they get the ship. Um, she's not in any of the flashback parts, so. She's already like being cut from half of the first few episodes, and then she's barely in the episodes where it's like very Mando heavy. So um, she takes a significant a backseat for a significant part of the season, and I I think that's unfortunate. Um, and I sort of agree uh, with Damon. Um, if they had like gone all the way uh, committed to the Space Godfather part, um, we would have gotten a lot more Fennec, and I, I think that would have been uh, to the benefit of everybody. So, yeah, she's my pick. Dig it, dig it. Kyle, what's your nom? Um, so I'm going to go with someone who 
I feel like we all, since Mando season two, we all just kind of assumed this guy was going to, I I assumed that he was going to play a heavy role in this show. Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. I mean, I feel like we see him in the Boba armor in the first episode, and then we see Boba at the end of that episode. I thought in that season we might get like a standoff between the two of them. And, you know, again, we never see him again after that first episode. Um, and then with Boba Fett coming out, I was like, okay, he's going to show up. It, they're on the same planet. They're only a few, I don't know, towns away. Um, and it took until the penultimate episode to even see him. And we see him in like two scenes and he gets gunned the fuck down by <laughs> Cad Bane, which was awesome because I want I'm going to talk more about Cad Bane in a little bit because holy shit. But he like I love Cobb Vanth. I, I thought he was charismatic as hell in um in Mando and the four of us have talked about this off pod about how he is just a marshal and everything he does. Like he kind of found his niche and just does it really well. Um yeah, and he was super good. And so I was just like when the show ended, I'm so glad that they gave us that final scene where we see him, you know, healing up in the back to his head. Because if it was just like he he shows up, gets gunned down, and then he's dead. What's the point? Like, don't don't cast someone as great as Timothy Olyphant in that role then. Um, but, yeah, I just really wish – I think he would have been a great asset with Boba. I did like how at the end they were like, all right, we're assembling everyone. We're going to get help from everyone. Mando's coming in to help. We're bringing in people from Freetown. I love the name change. Like, I love that part of it. Cobb Vanth would have been such an asset in that final fight. Like, just imagine him fighting alongside Boba. Um, it would have been cool. So I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I think it probably will pay off soon. Like, maybe we'll see him in a future season of Mando or, you know, anything really. But for now, it feels like he was cut a bit short. So I got to vote for, or got to nominate uh, Cobb Vanth. Can I jump in really quick with, with the back to tank thing? All right. Boba, my guy, you, you claim to have a lot of credits. <laughs> Get another back to tank at least. Maybe two. <laughs> Like, I'm sure Fennec could have used it at some point. Chrysanthemum could have used it at some point. Like, we need multiple back-to-tanks for everybody who's going to work for you or work with you. He even said to Chrysanthemum in the finale, he was like, I owe you a a dip in the back-to-tank or whatever. I bet Chrysanthemum was like, in what back-to-tank, you dick? Like, it's being yeah, used. <laughs> he's a freaking Wookiee. He's not even to fit in that back-to-tank. You need to get a different one just for him. Do they make, I'm sure they make wookie size back-to-tanks. Um, I'm probably. Sure. They yeah, got they got it. <laughs> well they need a union they need a former union for the uh, Boba Fett, uh crime syndicate anna who's your not okay so i'm looking at my notes which as you all know are a giant fever dream so i wrote down uncle machete and red stapler so i'm assuming that means danny trio and steven <laughs> um so <laughs> I told you they weren't going to make sense. Um, Makes perfect sense. I think I'm going to go with Stephen Root as much as I love Danny, just because when you look at the arc of Book of Boba Fett as a whole, the character that Stephen Root plays is the water capitalist guy, right? Like he's the one inflating all the prices. And I think it would have been really cool if it was Boba Fett as the crime lord versus Stephen Root's character, right? And they could have made a whole season just out of the struggle for water. Because when you look at Boba Fett's time spent with the Tuscans, he's out there digging in the desert for the black melons, right? So he knows how to survive and not depend on this business venture that Stephen Root's character set up. So I think it would have been really cool to explore that a little bit more. And obviously it's Stephen Root. He should be in everything. So yeah, I'm 
That's who I'm drafting. All right. My nom is going to be someone who we just did not get enough of, in which I'm I'm just saying he should be in every single episode and maybe every scene. Black Chrysanthemum. It's just hell yeah. I, I love him. He was great in every scene. He's menacing. Um, he has a lot of personality. You can tell he's just a really angry guy, you know, just a lot of anger, but you know, for good reason. Uh, I love how he ended up joining up with uh, Boba and all of them. They did him did him wrong in that last battle. Like that was a that was a terrible plan. We'll talk about that later. Um, and yeah, I, I I love his freaking like shock knuckles. Those things are quickly like elevating up into my like top tier like fictional weapons. Those are just dope. I need to see more of him. Like you give us someone really cool like that, and someone who's you know was created, I believe, first in the comics. And we get to see him live action. He's just really compelling. And we we would think there was going to be a little bit more with him, you know. But he just kind of joins and is just, yeah, he's just another another number is essentially what he ends up being. Which I think they could have gone in a different route and made him be even more important. I'm sure they're saving that for future stuff. But I I, I, I wanted more. So he was great in everything he did, though. That's my nom. Um so we have Fennec Shan, Cobb Vanth, Lortha Pill, and Black Chrysanthemum. Nice list. Ryan, who's your vote? It's Cobb. Um, he was the other guy that I was considering picking. Um, yeah, just I, I, I need more of, of Space Raylan Gibbons. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, more episodes of him, please. All right. Kyle? These are... These are the four correct uh, noms. I, I want to shout out Cad Bane as well because, like, that's a huge Star Wars villain that we got in live action for the first time. And unlike Cobb, we didn't get a stinger to see if he's okay at the end. Like, he's probably just dead now. Um, which is why, like, maybe not, you know, but even Rosario Dawson, like, Ahsoka herself is like bitching on Twitter about it. Like she tweeted, Oh my God, Cat Bane live action. I'm so excited to possibly have a scene with him. And then the finale happened and she like quote tweeted that. And she was like, well, never mind." <laughs> uh, which is so sad. Imagine seeing the two of them in live action together. Like that would be incredible. Um, anyway, sorry, that's not a nominee. I just wanted to shout that out anyway, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for, um, for Steven Root as Lord Appeal. I think that he, Anna actually said it really well with like the tone of this series and we we're going to keep calling it this but like Space Godfather you expect this to be a very prevalent like plot line in the show like this guy who's coming before the crime lord appealing and asking for something and then kind of backstabbing him later and being the shady businessman and who better to play that role than Stephen fucking Rue like he's here's my weekly uh petition for people to watch Barry because he's so good in that show. But like, you know, he's just like so slimy when he needs to be, but he's so good at groveling. And so I I lost my shit when he showed up in the episode. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what they could do with him if they did more, but I just wanted more. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for that. That's a great, great uh, call. Anna, who are you not who are you voting for? So I just want to read down my list of who I thought could potentially be drafted. I did not include Fennec in this category only because she fits more categories and I want to give somebody else a chance. Um, so I wrote down Uncle Machete, 
Joel, who's cop vamped, uh, Lazlo Troy, <laughs> 8D8, um, Red Stapler, and Evil Chewy. Because that's just how my brain works, apparently. Um, so I'm going to go with Insult Joel. Black K like um, that. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because, obviously, I know who Black Chrysanthemum is, but when he came on the TV, I, I watched this with my parents because my dad is really into Star Trek and Star Wars. My mom pointed at the TV and went, look, it's evil Chewbacca. And my dog's name is <laughs> Chewy, right? And he's a little Shih Tzu who looks absolutely nothing like BK. So I just thought it was hilarious. And that's going to be like his title in my mind until the end of time. But I'm going to go with Cobb Vance just because I really enjoy Timothy. And I just think there was so much potential for you know, there could have been a standoff with Boba and Cobb. There could have been them teaming up together. There was a variety of plot lines there that could have worked. I did enjoy the standoff with Cad Bane, but I do think Cad Bane was killed off too early. And I think that Cobb Vanth was injured too early, but luckily we did get that extra scene that showed him in the back to tank, which shows potential. He could come back later because otherwise everybody would have just been horrified and angry. <laughs> Gotcha. Hmm. Well, let's see. I am going to give the the win to Cobb Vanth, but my vote is going to go to Phoenix Shand. Um, I think she just needed to do more because I love her. I love uh, I love. I mean, I win. She just seemed to have better ideas than Boba every turn of the way. She knew what she was doing. She made it possible for Boba to succeed. She really should have just been sent to kill every all the bosses to begin with and then no one would have had to die um i i think like i said earlier I, if it, it should have been more oriented towards the crime aspect and more just boba as much as i love the mando episodes i i think it should have been more boba and the the stuff happening and um most obviously and everything anna so I think part of the problem is with Boba is really the pacing, right? If yeah. we didn't have the Mando parts and we put that in Mando season three and kept it completely separate and maybe did a special on the finale, we could have shown things like Fennec Shand being the muscle, uh, Boba learning how to ride the Rancor, which was a very missed opportunity. They could have had a whole episode just on that. And we would have loved it. <laughs> um, like a panther. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I think Fennec fits into so many other categories. That's why I personally didn't nominate her, but you know, it's me now when she's amazing at everything that she does. <laughs> Damon, if you feel strongly about Fennec, we can stick with that vote and we can go to our first tiebreaker. No, what's well, no matter what Cobb got too. Oh, right? okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan voted for Cobb and Anna voted for Cobb. The only way to make it a tie would have been if I voted for, a. Lorth Appeal, which I don't, I, I, he was great, but all he was ever going to be was a camp, like a little cameo. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, the other three, I think definitely you could have done a lot more with, I mean, you could have definitely done more with Pill, but I just, I think that was never the intention. You're going to do more with these other characters. So I think they could have built on them more in this show. But I think Fennec Shan, especially because she was essentially the co-protagonist and like was constantly showing Boba up and still not getting like proper screen time, especially in the finale, just yep. nowhere 
nowhere to be seen. Of course, that's like a narrative decision, but it's not a good one to like. We would have loved to have seen her go toe to toe with some pikes and maybe like the Cad Bane showdown that we that we saw them go hand you know go throw down in Bad Batch. Spoilers, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that's my vote. But you know, I am. But that means Cobb Vance is the winner for this one, and I I agree that he definitely could have gotten a lot more time. I thought it was. What he did, though, was just no one can just stand there and just look like, yeah, that that's it. That's that right there. I'm I'm th- I'm there for it. Uh, Anna. I am actually surprised that none of you drafted Thundercats character. Oh, he was so good. I mean, I love oh, he him. was very good. I don't know. Anything I might about have him for another <laughs> award. Um, that's why it's kind of like you're at what you said about Finnick. Like, I feel like he fits for other things. He was great, though. Yeah, I was just surprised. I didn't draft him because I was like, oh, one of the other three are going to draft him, so I'm just going to leave him be. (laughs) You can never assume other people will will, uh, nominate. So It's just not someone that really stuck in the forefront of my mind, but he's just someone I wanted to throw out there as someone who is definitely important in this series. There was a lot of options for this award, which maybe speaks on this... This, you know, the fact that they had so much going on and a lot of things you just wanted to see more of. Maybe telling of the show. I don't know. Um, but Cobb takes the W. Let's move on to that next award. And your winner is... Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. And here are your nominations for the No Incinerations Award. Yes, best quote, the No Incinerations Award. Uh, there's a lot of fun ones in this one, a lot of, a lot of good, kind of, you know, very long winded ones, you know, and a lot of monologues going on and, uh, yeah, let's see what we end up with. Anna, what's your nom? Oh my goodness. I have so many. I think Mm -hmm. the one I'm going to go with, and obviously I could have gone with the fun ones, but I always go for the deeper ones, no matter what Effie's I'm on. kind of my thing um so the quote i'm going with is from mokshai's and it is here's the tribute i offer some advice running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting and i think this really works on multiple levels because one a lot of parents are watching book of boba fett with their kids right so they're probably just looking at this going yeah (laughs) absolutely um but boba fett's trying to set up a crime family Right. So and with his father being gone, he's essentially on his own. Right. So he's trying to surround himself with individuals that are going to be loyal to him. And he almost found that in the Tuscans until they were brutally murdered. So now he's with Fennec and he's bringing in the Gamorans. He has BK, you know, he's bringing Mando back into the fold for some assistance now and then. So I think he's trying to set up himself really with some I don't want to say loved ones because the Mod Squad's clearly being paid for this. <laughs> um, but definitely individuals that he trusts and wants to keep around him long term. That's a good one. I like that character. Um, voiced by Robert Rodriguez, correct? Right? Yep. Yes. All right. Kyle, what's your nom? Uh, so, I've like Anna said... I actually I do some of the thought thoughtful ones every now and then. I'm gonna stick with one that I think is just funny. It's not really funny though. It's just like 
when he first said it, I was like, really weird. But I, I, it's grown on me so much, and now I find myself just saying it as an exclamation. But this is from episode five after Mando gets done trying out his new ship, and uh, our girl Pelimoto is like, you know, how's it run or whatever, and he just goes, wizard, and I'm like, what? <laughs> It's so good, especially considering someone like Mando saying it, who's such a fucking stoic most of the time. He has clearly lightened up a bit since being a dad, but like he's just <laughs> wizard is like now I'm like, you know, I'd find a fucking dollar bill in my car and I'm like wizard, you know, just it's just so simple and it expresses just how I feel at the moment. I'm going with that. <laughs> it's about the most dad thing he could have said just then. <laughs> he was trying to be so cool. He's like, I heard Grogu say it. I'm trying to keep up with the kids. <laughs> yeah, Anna? I think that's a callback to Phantom Menace, isn't it? Because oh, when okay. Anakin's yeah. with the pod racers, he's like, oh, Annie, this is so wizard. And I think they mentioned it in the comics, too. So, oh, It makes it so much better. Yes. I knew that. A, I knew that when I nominated this. It's like an older, like, Republic slang term, you know, so. I love it. Ryan, what's your nom? Yeah, um, a couple interesting ones, um, but I guess I'm going to go with one from Cobb to Mando in Chapter 6, um, talking about uh, Grogu not being with him, and Cobb goes, oh, that's too bad, I guess we both lost something we were fond of, um, referring to uh, the Boba armor, um, but it, it really just speaks to a lot of the characters um, in the show, obviously those two characters um, try to deal with um not being with Grogu and not having the armor, but then also Boba himself um, initially losing his armor and his ship um, and just uh, all the characters trying to deal with loss and um, to move on and sort of um, find their places in the world. Um, and I did have an honorary mention um, from uh, Chapter 3 when uh, one of the many times Fennec just goes, are you sure that's a good idea to Boba Fett? Um, which could really just like describe the whole show. So, <laughs> way too true. Um, okay, let's see. I have one from Boba himself. Oh, Anna. I was just gonna say, are we sure that's not the tagline for Boca Boba Fett? Are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> the tagline is Finnick, Boba, no, Boba, Boba, yes. maybe. <laughs> oh, um, mine is from Boba himself. And I, I think this is also like kind of what they were trying to to get at for the show. It's a really good line, but I definitely think the delivery was a little lacking. Could have been a little tighter and and just more feel behind it. Um, some of it just didn't land. But you can only get so far without a tribe. Is his talk with with Finnick, uh, and it's just you know like he learned from the Tuscan Raiders. Like there's so much more strength with with being part of a community and family like that and that's what he wants to build the fact that i i think he was just misled like he's like i'm gonna be a crime lord but with family it's like okay dom okay dom toretto uh too fast too furious pantha um it's just but i i you know i still love the line it's really what it was a good promise of what boba wanted to to do and what he was trying to do and uh, I hope he gets there. I, I think he, he's making a progress for that little that tribe of his own. So that's my, that's my nom. We have some good ones. One from the mayor, one from Din, one from Cobb, and one from Boba. 
Who are we going to vote for? What you got, Anna? Oh, man. Now that Kyle picked Wizard, which is not what I thought he was going to pick, I kind of have to go with Wizard. I, I can't believe I'm going with not a more and deeper quote, but, you know, here we are. We're going with Wizard. Is is uh, Ryan marking off his bingo board? Do you have a secret bingo board of, for the episode, Ryan? No, no. I, I also have my notes. Um, I'm sure they're not as extensive as Anna's, but uh, I'm just looking over them. So. Well, spoiler, it's definitely not as extensive as mine at all. Um, I have my noms in, in my brain. That's all I got. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, Kyle, what are you going to vote for? Oh, man, this is rough. I I think you undersold it a bit, sir. I'm going to go with you can only get so far without a tribe because it's one that shame on me for not like doing my research and rewatching anything before the episode. But I had forgotten about that. That quote that's in episode three, right? Um, It's the episode it where he meets her, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I think I it's that was three four. or four, it, it, four, four. Um, that's a great quote. That's a really, really good kind of picture of what this show is like, especially I was talking to a friend about the show and they were talking about the parallel between Mando and Boba and how like man, they're kind of in opposite places during this show. Like Mando is basically being excommunicated from his tribe and his family because of showing his face. Like he's now not really a Mandalorian anymore. Um, and Boba is now kind of finding his new family and finding his new people whether that's you know in the flashbacks learning how to fuck shit up with the tuscan raiders or like you know being this new kind of bad crime lord uh he's still like finding a new people to like be around um and yeah like that's such a simple quote that he says to to fennec but it is very true and it's also it does a, a lot of groundwork that we i would agree that we didn't get with him and fennec of like how their bond became so close because they're clearly if there's any two characters in this show that are actually like close to each other, it's Boba and Fennec. I mean, they seem like really, really close. So that kind of does the work of, of selling us on their, on their relationship is him telling her that. So yeah, I'm going to vote for, uh, you can only get so far without a tribe. All right. Ryan, what's got your vote? Um, yeah, I'm also going to go with that one. Um, I, I think I mean, Kyle made the good points about Mando and I think with Boba, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, coming out of the Sarlacc pit and then eventually being embraced by the Tuscans and then losing that is, is really devastating for him. Um, and then, you know, he obviously he tries to build his own uh, tribe, family, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, when he's, uh, you know, gathering everyone together. And, you know, whether or not he does that well and if he should have been the leader of that, I suppose, of Fennec, you know, you, you can make your arguments. But he definitely recognizes that... Um, he needs uh, strong-willed, um, powerful people with him uh, so that they can all succeed together. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good one. All right. Uh, shout out to Wizard. It's a fun word. I hope it. Apparently, they're using it in the High Republic comics and books. Um, one of the Jedi in that. That's like his favorite word uh, in the research I was doing today. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to vote for the. You can only get so far without a tribe. Like I said, it's just it's definitely what Boba's kind of whole MO was for the whole show and going forward. And so that's gets W shout outs also to Ryan's quote. I love, I love it because I just felt like 
Mando was just like looking at him behind his mask, just like, really? <laughs> you compare your arm your armor to to my child? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about my son. He's fifty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all, all, some really great quotes in this one. A- Anna? So I actually had three quotes that I really wanted to shout out. I didn't nominate them uh, for a variety of different reasons. Um, one was from the armor. Persist- persistence without insight will achieve the same result. Oh, um, so good. Right? It, it definitely hit on multiple levels. But I was really trying to focus more on the book of Boba Fett versus, you know, Mando 2.5. Um and then the beginning of episode two, in the narration in the beginning, Boba says, fate sometimes steps in to rescue the wretched, which I thought was an amazing line. It wasn't going to hit Holy home shit. as yeah. much as some of the other quotes, but I, that was very well written. And then the other one that I wanted to shout out was uh, Pelly. <laughs> I dated a Jawa for a while. <laughs> They're quite furry. <laughs> very furry. Because furries are now canon in Star Wars. It's like Bill Burr coming in, and now, you know, there is an entire planet that he is from that has a Boston accent. It's canon. I love it. No, Anna, you didn't do the entire quote. I'm sorry. You have to finish <laughs> didn't. it. You didn't do the, the weird, the weird, just super weird mouth, like. Ah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> that, I like, just makes made the line like the look on her face and she just does this like whoa um okay. I'm glad See, I, I thought the first uncomfortable part of the pod would be talking about banter sex but damon you actually um, <laughs> found another one so bravo <laughs> Whoa, let's, let's, move on. let's move on and the effie goes to you can only get so far without a tribe boba fett here are your nominees for the mudhorn egg award all right, the Mudhorn Egg Award, our version of the Easter Egg Award. We usually do this for Marvel stuff, uh, but you know, Star Wars has got plenty of lore to pull from. So our favorite reference, callback, whatever. Uh, Anna, kick us off with your uh, Mudhorn Egg Award nominee. Oh, God, I'm on the spot. Okay. <laughs> um, so I just re-binged it today, and then I watched a video that had 101 Easter eggs. So <laughs> I can't name them all. Um, um, but I think I'm going to go with BB. No, no, I'm going to go with the Naboo Starfighter. I was going to go with BD one, but I think the Starfighter was a bigger reveal because it definitely tied back to the Republic and, you know, it might be Padme's ship. We don't actually know, which is kind of cool. And when you look at the reveal, you just look at it and like my jaw literally dropped when I saw that. I was like, oh man, that's the ship. um and obviously like he had to replace the razor crest so i don't know if it was filoni or febro who thought up that genius idea but kudos to whoever did um so yeah i'm definitely gonna have to go with the starfighter ryan what's your nom um i'm not sure if this counts as an Easter egg per se, but I'm gonna go with the Scourge of Mandalore. Um, mm. And they, so yeah, because they talk about, um, you know, Bo Katan and her failed rule, as the armor puts it. And then, um, you know, we've been, we've sort of been dancing around, like, you know, the Scourge of Mandalore and the Night of a Thousand Tears and like what actually happened. And 
we actually get to see it. Like we see the TIE bombers, we see um, the K2SO droids, um, you know, taking out anything that's left. We, we see just like the utter devastation of Mandalore. And so to actually like get that visualization is, is really nice to see. And also interesting that they, they chose um, this show to do that. But yeah, I thought um, that was a, that was a good one. That's definitely an Easter egg. A really good one. My nom is going to be what Anna did not go with foolishly. It's BD1, okay? Like, when I saw BD, I was like, hold up. Wait up. Hold on. <laughs> he did his, like, little, little wiggle thing. Oh, okay. And for anyone who does not know, that, that I, in my opinion, there's no doubt I think that's BD1, I think. And of course, it could definitely not be, but in my in my my, my eyes, my head canon, it is. But BD One is, of course, the uh, droid companion of our guy Cal Kestis in the Jedi Fallen Order uh, video game series, because they're working on two as we speak. Very excited for that. One of my favorite droids in the series now. Honestly, he's just super fun and helpful. Has a lot of personality, and I just love that little drop. And it, it I think it's a great Easter egg because. It, it reminds us that definitely the video game is canon. It, it happens in this world, and Cal Kestis is coming at some point. You do not cast an actor in a role like that for yep. your video game and not bring them to live action when you're when you're working with this this universe. That they're like the whole purpose is to make content. It's a one hundred percent thing that's happening. I just love that little time that just to remind us it's. It's it's something that's gonna happen, and even if that wasn't BD one, I think it is, and it'd be fun to see that story and Cal come back and Cal and Pelly know each other somehow. So I'm hoping for some fun stuff with that one. Kyle, what's your nom? Uh, I'm gonna go with one from uh, episode six, which is really chock full of a lot of like callbacks and you know references, but this was more explicit. Um, so it took me a second to really register this, but when we get the flashback to Grogu's perspective of Order 66, right? Like watching our fellow Jedi get gunned down and the clones are... Barris Offie's crest is just up there on the wall. And I'm just thinking like, that's... I know that I know that crest. And it took me a second to really register who that was. And now I'm thinking like, did she have a hand in? I mean, this this it was interesting. This flashback because it was like, it was revealing, but we still don't really know who it was that like got Grogu out and managed to help him. It's possible that Barris was involved. It's possible that he because I'm trying to think she was imprisoned after the bombing, but I don't think that she was ever like killed off or anything. So she's still around, and the idea that like. I think she's a really interesting character. I really like her a lot. I think that her arc alongside Ahsoka's in that that end of season five is really compelling um, because, as we all know, the Jedi Order kind of sucks. And so, like, people who <laughs> kind of call their bullshit out and end up turning against them, I find that really compelling. I think she was a really cool character. Um, so the idea of, like, I don't think her crest, I mean, knowing Filoni and knowing Favreau, I don't think her crest would just be there for no reason. Um, I think that's a very deliberate choice, especially for eagle-eyed fans who would know that right off the bat. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that that opens a lot of doors going forward of like, wow, maybe that's maybe she had a hand in helping Grogu and getting him out of 
the Jedi Temple. So I, I got to nominate that. That was a really cool scene. Those are four really good ones and so many more left on the board. I mean, like, I loved when they mentioned the history of Tatooine every time. You know, maybe that was going to come into play. Um, the whole, I, I, it's one of my favorite scenes, just uh, Luke running with Grogu on his back, just the <sighs> shout out back to uh, Empire. Oh, so good. So, I don't, mm, I don't know where we're going with this. Mm, Ryan. Oh, Anna. Are you, what's your vote? You got to vote first? So, no, I just wanted to comment on Luke running with Grogu. <laughs> I was screaming the whole time. I was like, Luke, Mark Camel, that is not how you run with a baby. <laughs> he's 50. He's 50. He's a little boy and he's 50. Um, okay, Anna, what's your vote? I'm, I'm torn between BD and the Starfighter, but I have to go with the Starfighter just because I don't know if we are going to see Cal anytime soon. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. I've never played the game, but I'm a huge Cameron Monaghan fan from uh, his work in Shameless. He's a phenomenal actor. So seeing him in the Star Wars universe would be amazing. But I really enjoyed the Starfighter, and that was the one that actually made my jaw drop. So I got to go with that. Very fair. Very fair. Ryan, what's got your vote? Yeah, it's the same one. It's the Starfighter. Um, that's the one that just jumps out to me right away. Um, it's just such an iconic look. Um, you know, one of the really good, memorable things I'll say from Phantom Menace. Um, and uh, it was, it's just too bad it was missing the um, the classic gold paint job. But I get it. Like, man, it's not actually from the booth. So, um, but yeah, and it was funny. I was um, talking to a friend of the pod, Hannah, this morning, and um, she was catching up on Boba. She didn't start watching until the other day, and so she was just like, "Is that Anakin's ship?" And <laughs> I, I laughed, and I'm like, "Yeah, like I guess it was, like, because you know he flew it when he was a kid, and he blew up the the spaceship." And I just like, I had never like thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, um, my pick is uh, the Starfighter. I'm actually going to have to vote for the Purge of Mandalore. The, the just the whole flashback kind of the narration um, was amazing for one by the armor. Like she could read me anything and I'm tuned in and then just the visual like Ryan p- painted. It was just a really great look. It super T2 judgment day vibes in that. Like, yes, yeah. really gave really did a good depiction of the horror and like just how bad it was there. Um, and I, I just, I love Mandalore. I absolutely love Mandalore. So as, as soon as they really started diving in, as soon as the dark saber showed up, like we talked about this in a previous draft on first season one of Mandalore, the Mandalorian and like how much I love this. And we got to go to Mandalore in season three of the Mandalorian. I, I am ready for it. I need to see those living waters and just the, the purge of Mandalore just really helps give some more information to those people who really have no idea what's going on. Those casual fans who have never watched the animated series and all they know about Mandalore is what they've heard on this show uh, and the previous ones. So it was, it was a great scene. It, it actually served a purpose really good Easter egg and it really gave us just more to chew on as far as uh, what we have to look forward to for Mandalore. So that's got my vote. Kyle, what's got yours? Uh, yeah, I, 
I want to shout out all these noms because these are really, really great calls. Um, I agree with the Starfighter. I think that it was a great. I don't know about y'all, but one of the saddest things in season two for me was the Razor Crest getting blown up. I thought that was bullshit, and I got so mad. Um, so I, Mando needed a cool new ship, and eventually, initially, when it showed that, I was like, "Really? Like, is that all he's gonna zoom around in?" And then the shot in the finale where his, you know, he's riding along and Grogu's up top. I was like, "All right, I'm sold." I'm in. Um, and then I love the, yeah, the line where it's like commissioned by the queen of Naboo herself. Like that was a, a Leo moment. Like that was cool. Um, and then BD was also great. Damon, I don't know if it's like a sure thing that that's BD one himself. I love the idea, but like, we don't know how many units are out there. Either way though, I'm, I'm with you though. Cause like you, you don't throw that in there without being like, okay, we're doing a like Cal showing up. You know, he's, I remember there were people speculating that it was going to be him that showed up in the season two finale of Mando, like the Jedi that came to answer the call. Um, that's less likely than like just us seeing him in general. I think it's almost a sure thing at this point that we'll see him in one of these shows and bringing in BD one was first was a really, really great call. Cause he's such a cute droid. Like he's one of my favorites. I love him. Um, but I am actually going to make it difficult for us and bring in our tiebreaker because I'm going to vote for the Scourge of Mandalore. I think that it's really fucking cool. I think I agree with the T2 vibes, uh, the inferior Terminator movie. I think that it's um, just such a cool like visual. And, you know, K2, speaking of awesome droids, like K2SO is maybe my favorite Star Wars droid. And so seeing it was very like it was emotional, like whiplash seeing a K2 unit. And I was like, oh, K2. And oh, K2, like just watching him. It was rough. And yeah, it, the narration was fucking stellar. And yeah, it was it was one of those things where like we kind of know that, that that's where this is all leading to. And I'm still hoping that we're going to get a big crossover event of like all of these shows of the the Siege of Mandalore, like getting to watch kind of everyone come together um even if we don't though this was a great kind of nod to the history of that planet and nod to like mandalore itself so that was that was a great call um but that means that we uh are going to go to a quick break because we're going to bring back our tiebreaker in a second so we'll be right back hide your ezra bridger because we have grand admiral thad on the podcast as our tiebreaker thad how's it going I am doing great. <laughs> that is lovely to hear. <laughs> fucking pandering. Yeah, raising her hand. You, <laughs> yes. That's fucking pandering. You can't call him a grad admiral when you two are on your own side and Ryan and I are on the other. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him whose noms were whose. It was going to be a blind nom. He didn't know. It's he just... doesn't know who's whose. Just an incredible <laughs> intro, Thad, sounding like a smooth jazz DJ. <laughs> that's just great. <laughs> Welcome to Smooth Jazz on Tatooine 106.4. Smooth jizz. <laughs> okay, Max Rebo, calm down over there. Okay, Thad, thank you for joining us to be our tiebreaker for today. We have four noms. For the Easter Egg Award, the Mudhorn Egg Award. You ready to hear them? Let's hear them. The Naboo Starfighter. The Scourge of Mandalore. BD-1. Barris Offie's Crest in the Order 66 flashback. Ooh. 
but only two of those matter because <laughs> we are tied. <laughs> them all. There's only two for the tiebreaker. Yeah, uh, we are tied between the Scourge of Mandalore and yeah, the the Naboo Starfighter. I am going to pick the Naboo Starfighter. All right. Hell yeah! Thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Anna is very excited on that W. Thank you so much for that. Uh, any reasoning why? Uh, well, uh, is it too late to change my vote now? No? No? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Friendship over. <laughs> It is, unfortunately, because that, that is your true choice. Um, why do you like it? Why is that the winner? Uh, well, I I do think it just opens up... Uh, it opens up a little more of the world for us. Uh, now we're really getting deep into into Nerd Kingdom here, and we can really, really get into... Uh, so, are the video games canon? Yeah. Well, wait. What you, does the Starfighter have to do with video games? You mean like the Star Wars Starfighter video game? Wait, are we talking about the uh, the Starfighter that is now in Mando's possession? Yes. yes, that was from the Phantom Menace. Yes, that's uh, that's Cal's Starfighter. Does um, he have? Does he have that in what? the game? <laughs> he does. does that's he? Cal's Starfighter. Hold up. This is what happens when we bring that on as a tiebreaker. <laughs> I mean, do we expect anything less? But you, wait, well, hold on now. You could be very that, right. They they it's dropped been, the line of that's commissioned by the Queen of Naboo. I figured that was just an assumption of, I mean, Ryan said this too, like that is Anakin's starfighter from, from Phantom Menace, right? I thought it was Cal's starfighter because we have, uh, does we have uh, the droid. The droid is his. The droid is it? Well, yeah, BD, BD, we assumed was you know was his, but but the I don't. <laughs> he doesn't have a starfighter in the games, right? He, he's riding around with with the crew in the in the ship yeah, that they have. That yeah, the weird ship, and then like before that, he was just a padawan, so he was just like pounding around with you know master. That I forget his name the whole time. Hold on, now I'm googling. Do the Google. <laughs> So you just said you just assumed that you just assumed that was a ship. Have you played the game before, Thad? I have. Okay, we all have. I I don't remember a starfighter. There's like a a starfighter that's crashed in the wreckage of the very first like mission you do when you're with your buddy. I forgot where you are, but like when Cal's still undercover and like in yeah, hiding, he, there's like a crashed starfighter nice. there. Yes. Yeah. Um. But I don't remember a cow flying around in one at all. Hmm. I remember this. Hold on. This is unbelievable. <laughs> in a shocking twist of events, we are in one of Thad's favorite dreams again. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for this. <laughs> I mean, you really did. did. True, I did. <laughs> this, you know. But uh, hopefully everyone is still listening and just loving the the chaos and just, just unpredictability of of this. And only just you edit can... it out later. It's fine. We could do that too. That's right. We could edit it out. 
I mean, where's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, I'm with Ryan because I'm the person who has to edit. <laughs> Do I need to stop recording so we can actually look it up? Yeah, I would. I don't see. Okay. I don't see anything about the ship being on the. It's only BD one. That has anything to do with the game. I so, mean, there's like, there's all I'm finding is like I said, like the thing that uh, Cal and his buddy find uh, on Braca, like at the very beginning of the game. But that's not. Yeah. It's a crashed starfighter. And yeah, the the reason. Seeing... What was that, Ron? I just, I remember seeing a Republic gunship and then like the um, Republic cruisers that like become the Star Destroyers. I don't remember seeing it at three Starfighter, but I, it could be there. I mean, I'm pretty, right. I was going to say, I'm just pretty sure the Starfighter Easter egg is the fact that it's a Naboo one. Phantom Menace callback, not. Yeah, I mean, it's set on Tatooine. Not, it's yeah. like, you know. Is that why you voted for it, though, Thad? Was because of the video game tie in that you assumed? I did, because I swear I remember this. <laughs> you can't take it back. You, you don't take back. Well, if his reasoning is is faulty. Bullshit. Well, sure. no, that no, you're right. You're right. I don't want to take it back, but it's just it's. <laughs> this is just so sad. This is just. I vote this one because Darth Vader was definitely in this show, and I can prove it. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Um, well, either way, I think that has broken the tie. That has broken the tie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Thad, for Thank that. Thank you, Thad. Um, well, that the Starfighter wins. Let's move on to that next award. I think yeah, Ryan um, had stuff to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I wanted to give a shout out to the um, the Bear Sophie uh, Crest one. Um, I actually did not notice her crest on there, so I would definitely have to rewatch that. Um, but I also want to shake my fist at Dave Filoni for making us yet again uh, really relive Order 66. Like, if we count this and then Ahsoka in Clone Wars and then, uh, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, which we just talked about, that's three times in the last, like, year and a half that we've had to <laughs> relive this. And I'm just asking why. Especially through like like um, Borg Rogu's um, eyes, like this was very traumatic, and I'm not happy. Right. We know it's a guarantee that Kenobi's going to do it too. Kenobi's going to relive it. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. So. God, I didn't even think about Kenobi. So I forgot Bad Batch too. So that's an extra one. (sighs) Yeah. So we're just going to keep saying it from every single vantage point. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bullshit. Uh, Anna, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I had a couple of Easter eggs I wanted to add. They weren't, well, one of them wasn't a really big one, but remember Patton Oswalt in Parks and Rec in 2013 <laughs> when he's doing the filibuster? And he's like, picture this. The two sons of Tatooine, you pan down on the sand, and then Boba Fett's hand, like, stretches out from the sand and claws his way out of the Sarlacc, right? So someone is a Parks and Rec fan over on Book of Boba Fett. I don't know who it is, but uh, that was a great callback. I applaud you. And then uh, I wanted to shout out the Goffy stick because Tamora Morrison is uh, part Maori. So he actually knows the, you know, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, that 
Tayaha. I am so sorry if I butchered that. Um, and that definitely tied in with um, some of their rituals. And I just thought that was a really cool tie-in because when you do a little bit of research on that, um, it, it does reflect in the Star Wars canon and actually how they create it. So I just thought that was wicked cool. All right. If that's it, guys, I believe we're ready for that next award. And your winner is... Mando's new ride, a.k.a. the Naboo Starfighter. And here are your nominees for the Kanji Club Award. The Kanji Club Award. The my favorite award, the most memeable moment. Oh, man, there's a lot of fun memes and potential memes that can come from this one. Uh, I'm excited to see what we come up, come up with. Ryan, what's your nom? Okay, so I know um, which one Kyle's going to pick. So I will uh, pick a different one. Um, I mean, there are some other good choices, but I I guess I'm going to go with um, Mando taking a nap um, in episode six, I think it was. um, (laughs) After he showed up to the planet looking for Grogu, and then uh, in in big dad energy, he just um, took a nap after... um, R2, like, first went into the Odin sleep and was just, like, not helpful at all after he got into the planet. Uh, then Amanda's like, all right, well, there's a bench here. I can't do anything. I'm going to take a nap. And uh, I I respect that, and I, I can see, like, very many memes coming out of that. 100%. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and nominate mine um, just because I just don't want it stolen because I love this one. It was As soon as it happened, I was like, this is a meme. This is a meme. I still need to make it, but uh, it's in the the season finale. It's the last scene where Grogu's in the back of the Starfighter, banging on the glass with his little ball. He's like, no. No. Okay. And he just punches it. That's a meme right there. You could could put whatever you want, different characters all day long. It was just adorable, and I def- and like you have the end scene where he's there, you're punching it, and and Grogu's just super, super happy. So uh, that that's my nom. Uh, Anna, what's yours? So once again, my notes are a giant fever dream. Um, so for Ryan's, I wrote uh, "Daddy on bench energy." <laughs> um, so I'm. And for the one I think Kyle's going to pick, I have a very interesting title for that one. But I think, so I'm torn between two. One I wrote, okay, so this one is a meme of Boba holding the Rancor. And he's supposed to be Rosa from B99 holding Arlo. And I said, I've only had this little guy for a day and a half. But if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone on the planet and then myself. Um, and I just thought that one was hilarious. So I think I'm going to go with that one. But the other one that I had was um, Mando in bed with the armor. And then it said, him, she's probably thinking about the glory days of Mandalore. Her, I bet this motherfucker took off his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to go with uh, Boba Rosa. I like that, other, that last one, but I do think they made that one. When season two of Mandalorian was out. 
Yeah, that's true. I think that would pre a Boba Fett meme, I will say. Yeah, wait, are we, are we still hits the like, same, though. most memeable moment on the show or like best meme we've seen? Because that's like a different thing, I feel like. Yeah. We, it, like it's it's, kind of it's both. It really is both because we don't want to, we can't say best meme because like all the memes haven't been made yet for this show. It's still a living thing. And, you know, we like to predict. But yeah, if you've seen a good meme for the show already, go and throw it our way because that might, that's probably going to be a strong contender for being the most memeable moment because it has already been memed. Um, but it, go wild with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, if that's the case, can I change my pick then? Of course. Okay, sure. Cool. Why so not? Then I, yeah, I will change it to. Um, so it's Cad Bane. Um, he's saying, I shot the sheriff. And then on the other thing, you <laughs> see Bob Marley looking at him and he's like, and it's the Anakin meme. He's like, but you didn't shoot the deputy, right? And then he just stares. Like, but you didn't shoot the deputy. Right? <laughs> It hurts. And it's just it's classic um, because of that song and because of how much the deputy screwed that whole situation up. So yeah, that uh, that's definitely my choice in a best of meme. That's a that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um I I love those like crossover memes that are just like an iconic meme that you just then turn into anything that's popular now. All right, Kyle, hit us. Hit us with your meme. Like a panther. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, as soon, literally as soon as, like, episode two happened. And, like, that, they made that into a, into a gif, jif, jiffy gif, gif, jif. Um, jiffy gif, jif, biff. (laughs) I will never agree to one or the other. It's both. Um, Kyle loved it. Kyle posted it constantly, and he still does. And I love it. I love this so much. Tell us, why do you love it, Kyle? Um, I can't even... This is why I almost didn't want to nominate it for this award, because it's not like... It's either just like the funniest thing ever to you, or it's just like, all right, I've seen it once. (laughs) You can't even make more memes out of this, but... Every time, well, I also saw a really shitty. <laughs> I saw a TikTok that was like, I think I sent it to y'all, but it was like Cad Bane talking to the Cobb band, and he's like, Boba Fett is the a cold blooded killer who used to work for the Empire, and it cuts to him like a panther, and just <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. I love it. It almost for me too. It just like explains why as many missteps as there were in this show. It explains why I love Boba. <laughs> Stop. No. Stop it, Anna. Uh, it explains why I love Boba in this show, because he's just such a soft boy at heart. Like, you would think he'd be this hardened, like, crime lord. No. He's just going to teach people how to ride uh, speeders, and he's going to hire everyone, literally everyone in the town, and he's going to teach them how to ride a speeder like a bantha. Um, it's the greatest thing ever. It's one of those, again, you either get it or you don't. And I'm smart, so I get it. <laughs> okay. Ryan, what's got your vote? Oh, Jesus, this is tough. Um, I, I guess I will go with the one that I chose um, just by a hair over like a bantha. 
um, just because I, I think it's it's really funny and it's also meta because it's taking from the original like Anakin Padme meme and just like adding another Star Wars layer onto it. Uh, so I'm gonna go with that one. But yeah, there were a lot of really good choices and um, it it just beats out like a Bantha for me. So these are all really good. Um, I could be talking to any of them really. Like I mean the. When I first saw the CAD, I shot the sheriff meme was just like, wow, that's just, yep, that, that's exactly what happened. The Boba and Rancor and Rosa uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover, I love all Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover memes. They work really well for a lot of different properties. And Like a Bantha is just brings me so much joy because it makes Kyle so happy. It's just, and it's just hilarious. Like the, 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 the look of happiness that Tamira Morrison has on his face when he's doing it, it's just infectious. It really is. It's like, wow, he's just like literally like just giddy. Um, I I got to vote for my own, though. Um, I just think it has a lot of room for potential for the future. Like, I, I love memes where you could implant different properties and different things. And I mean, you have Grogu, who is a, kind of the front runner for the new age star wars meme king you know he already has how many four three four at five or at least yeah i think this is another one to add to his belt so that's my vote anna i mean you say infectious i say serial killer but you know teach their own (laughs) (laughs) no in in all seriousness um i have to i can't believe i'm gonna say this i have to go with like a bantha just because not only can you make it into a meme, you could make it into a gift. Right? Yes. So it hits on two levels. It's really <laughs> hard to do with the other ones. Um, but in my notes, I wrote it down as a speeder goes zoom zoom. So, you know, <laughs> because that's how my crazy brain works. I don't, whatever. I love it. All right. Well, okay, Kyle, protozoa. what was that, Ryan? I said, okay, protozoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, um, Ryan. Kyle, I, who's gonna win? I almost feel bad now because y'all actually did research and like found really good memes. Um, and I only ever had one in mind. Uh, I'm gonna vote for the Cad Bane one because that is that's one that I've seen a lot, probably because Ryan has sent it to me. <laughs> but, but it's a very very good one because it is like he said, like it it is good. It's funny at face value, but it's also good because it's like layered because it is the the original Anakin Padme meme. And I love that. I love when a like a universe becomes so self-referential that you can make memes that are like to quote George Lucas. It's like poetry. It rhymes like it just like it references back on itself a couple times. Um, so I'm going to vote for the, the shot. The sheriff one. Speaking of poetry. Boba's like just poetic note and automatum to the pikes and the finale was just beautiful oh so good really good um all right well that means the sh- uh, shoot the sheriff but did not shoot the deputy though right he didn't shoot the deputy though right meme takes the w and the fe goes to cad bane shot the sheriff but he didn't shoot the deputy right here are your nominees for the cameo award 
All right, we are on to a brand new award that is just for, uh, we've made it really just for this show, but I'm sure we will sh- we'll see it pop up again in future Effies, but this is the Cameo Award. Lots of cool cameos in this show. We had to kind of narrow it down to someone who, you know, either had limited scenes or just showed up in one episode. Um, we kind of talked about it already with the Wallflower Award, but someone who was relegated to a single episode of this show. So, Damon, kick us off. Who's your nominee for the Cameo Award? Yes, thank you. Because, I mean, this was was my initial idea because there was so many characters in the show um, and ones that really were just there for a scene or two or for some instances, like an episode, but that was it. That was all they were there for, um, along with a lot of your supporting characters. Um, so I wanted to go with someone who definitely was just there played their part and then was gone and maybe i made this award just so i could talk about my favorite character of all time ahsoka tano i don't know but uh <laughs> i love ahsoka tano we if you've listened to any of our star wars uh drafts or episodes you know that i i adore her and um i'm really really starting to like rosario dawson's portrayal of her she's really starting to nail her like mannerisms she had the whole teapot stance going on like the the knowing look that she she throws like she knows more than anyone else in the room kind of vibe um and i thought she was just really cool to be there as like a buffer between din and the jedi between luke and grogu because while maybe i don't agree with her being there in general she should not be a fan of this whole Jedi Academy thing happening. Maybe that'll be talked about later. I don't know. But the fact that she's there and giving, making sure Din knows how hard this is for Grogu. And like, if Grogu does want to do this, then he should have a chance to do it. You know, and I just, I thought it was really well done. And then her talk with Luke about how she told him that how attached that Grogu was with Din and that it was going to be difficult. And I just I, I just really loved her in every scene that she was in. And then she was gone. And we just we know we're getting more from her. So she didn't need to do more than that. And I just thought it was brilliant and really fun. And just it, it got me even more excited for Ahsoka. That's my nom. Kyle, what's yours? Oh, man, this is tough. Um I think, mm, sorry, I just because like I'm looking at like the fact that he already won for Wallflower. Like I don't I don't want to double up with with Cobb Um, because he was my initial nom for cameo as well. But I. I think I'm going to go with Stephen Root. I think that the cameos in this were really cool. And very, like, especially if you're talking about, like, Ahsoka and Luke, like, those were huge, obviously. And it was it was kind of, I am going to be honest, going into Book of Boba Fett, I was like, oh, we'll see Mando for sure. Like, maybe we'll see Cobb. Did not have it on the bingo board to see Luke Skywalker or Ahsoka uh, Tano. And Luke looking way better than he did in the Mandalorian finale. Um, but... I just think the Steven Root cameo was in the spirit of a good cameo. I know we talked about how he was kind of cut short with the Wallflower Award, but in the spirit of a cool cameo, it was like 
he's a recognizable face and an actor that we all love. And so when I saw him, I was like, oh, cool. That's that's Steven Root. That's really cool. But it was like, okay, that's cool. We saw him. He's in this episode. And now, now we're moving on. Maybe for better, maybe for worse. Like, it would be cool to see more with that character. But as a cameo, now that the show's finished, it was cool. It was a great little shout to, like, that's an actor that we nerds love, and it's cool to see him. Because I don't think up to this point we had never really seen him in an IP before. You know, he's never really been in, like, a big franchise role. And so it was it was nice to see him kind of step into the sci-fi fantasy world for a second. I'm waiting for the Dodgeball Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Anna, what's your knob? So I'm going to go with John Favreau as Paz Rizla. Yes. Um, he is uncredited, but he is the voice of Paz. And I just think that whole interaction between Paz and Mando especially with Paz's ancestor creating the dark saber and then they're they're fighting for who's going to be the victor and, and wield the dark saber um it, it's just a very interesting fight on so many different layers and obviously John Favreau wants a little tiny easter egg and he wants to be a part of the project without actually like taking away from the project itself and being the voice actor of Paz Vizsla is actually a really good way for him to to do that without detracting and jarring somebody's eyes. So I thought that was a, a fun cameo. He's not there in person, but he is still a member of the show. That's a really fun Easter egg, too. I mean, he he is Vizsla. He voices them all, right, At so far? I know he did Clone Wars, and yeah. he did this one, so just the two, I think. Yeah, I think that's all we had so far, but that that's his thing. I dig it. Ryan, what's your nom? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Trejo as the Rancor Tamer. Um, I thought, uh, I mean, it was just cool on a lot of levels. Like, just first of all, like, Danny Trejo is in a, a Star Wars, um, you know, media. Like, that's wild to just think about. Um, and I, like, almost jumped out of bed when I saw him. Um, but it was also a, a great scene because he gave some great um information about um rancors uh and uh you know Dathomir, um and just great about the lore and like how rancors feel and like what they um, react to um which was great to hear uh, especially if you haven't seen um the shows or like some of the deeper um information and then know a little bit more about them it was nice to get some backstory if you like just saw the Rancor and Return of the Jedi. So I thought that was a great scene. Uh, he delivered it well. And um, like I said, just fantastic to see uh, Danny Trejo in, in, in Star Wars. So, All right. Those are four great ones. I think in addition to Cobb Vanth, who I also had on my list for this one, because I, I, I really think he definitely just had, he did so well in what he had time to do with. Um, oh, yeah, but for what was that, Ron? Yeah, I, I wanted to give a quick shout to Cad Bane, who, like, technically doesn't qualify because he is in two episodes, but um, he does feel like a cameo just because, like, he would, like, there's so much more that we could have done with him. And so, um, even though he doesn't qualify, I, I definitely wanted to give him a shout out. Hell yeah. I I could go with any of these and be be satisfied. I think I'm going to lean towards. 
I, I as far as like a, what you're looking for in a I guess if we're going to go off of the name of the word cameo, it's like someone who shows up is like, oh, wow, I know that person. Oh, dang, that's great. And then you see them do their thing and they're gone. I think I got to go Danny Trejo because it's Danny Trejo. It's Machete. It's it's the guy. I mean, he's done so many different movies. He's so fun and iconic. And I mean, of course, like you almost kind of knew it because it was Robert Rodriguez that was directing and they're almost like a package deal sometimes. But it was so fun to see him and the fact that, that he was the Rancor, the Rancor trainer. That was really cool. And he had some good lines, like like Ryan said, gave us some some in, uh, background about the Rancor and the Night Sisters. I need more Night Sister stuff in this universe, please and thank you. Um, and yeah, I just it was really between Danny and Steven Root. I think um, they both really just fit that bill perfectly. I, I think I just got to give it to Danny. Uh, that, that's my vote. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Danny as well. I think that it's you you kind of said this, but in the spirit of a cameo, it is really cool. Like, I it's cool to say now we have see. I don't think we'll I don't think it's likely that we'll ever see the Rancor Tamer again. Maybe if they do a book of Boba Fett season two, maybe he shows up again. But uh, it's cool to say that, like, for an episode, we got fucking Danny Trejo <laughs> um, and just being awesome. Like, he's Danny Trejo. Of course, he's going to come in and it's, it's almost like the heat check award and like just coming in and like doing the most, you know. Um, but he was. Yeah, he's fun as hell. Uh, hearing him talk about the Rancors was really cool. I could I could listen to that all day. Honestly, that's one thing. One sneaky thing that this show did really well was kind of give love to like underrated like species of Star Wars, you know, like the Rancors kind of got some love in this. The Tusken Raiders got a lot of love in those early episodes, which I loved. I thought that was awesome. Um, but he he him just kind of like waxing poetic about like how to love a Rancor. I'd listen to that audiobook. like I would just listen to that. <laughs> um, but Danny was a lot of fun. So I'm going to vote for him. All right. Anna, what's your vote? Well, clearly it's Space Hagrid, right? <laughs> um, no, and I, I mean, his cameo kind of got ruined for me, so I didn't really have the same effect as some other people, but it was really cool to see him really engage in there, and it's not like he was a famous face that detracted from the rest of the show. He actually added more to it, which is really exciting, because sometimes, unlike uh, Stephen Root as Peel his face is like a little jarring because you look at him and you're like, ooh, office space. Okay, office <laughs> space on Tatooine. Right on. Um, no, he definitely added to the role and he made his um, presence there a lot more robust than other people's and he actually added to the lore. So, like, fantastic. I hope we see him again. Um, maybe he'll be like the the zookeeper for Boba. Who knows? But yeah, I, he was fantastic. The zookeeper. Boba's just gonna have a menagerie of animals. Just just mo- just monster animals. Listen, he looked he looked at the rancor and was like, I wanna ride it. Right? Like any sane animal lover would do. So <laughs> <laughs> and he was very and you know, I'm just doing this for you, Anna. He was a very big fan of that Bantha, you know, he, he bonded with out in the, the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> yes. Making bantha babies all over the place. Just canonically, <laughs> Boba told 
the band that I go, fuck, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> you knew it was coming up, Kyle. You knew I was going to bring it up at some point. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Boba is a lover of animals. So I, it could happen. We could see see him again, maybe. Uh, Ryan, is it going to be a clean sweep? Are you also voting for your nom? It will be, um, although I, I do want to shout out Steven Root because you guys have done that. I haven't really mentioned him much of him yet, but yeah, he was really good in his role, and it was, it was a nice cameo, but yeah, I, I'm going to also go with uh, Danny Trejo's cameo, and yeah, it would be great if he uh, does show up again at some point, but if not, I thought this was like a perfect um, little cameo for him to uh, pop in on. So. All right, awesome. I believe that's the first sweep of this awards, so... Go Danny Trejo. Of course it would be him. Let's move on to the next award. And your winner is Danny Trejo as the Rancor Tamer. And here are the nominees for the Dunk Award. Get ready to get posterized. It's the Dunk Award. This this is where we essentially destroy and really criticize the show that we are celebrating. Um... Like we were talking in break, we, we I believe we've done a really good job at showing the things that we love about this series. But now it's time to, to dive into what just did not work. What we thought was just a blunder, missed opportunity. Just just yeah, just they just completely fell on that aspect. So let's start with Kyle. What's your dunk? Um, I'm still kind of conflicted about this as a whole. It's definitely something that I don't like, but it's just I'm I don't want this to be just like this is a mistake they made. Um, but I'm gonna go. I kind of mentioned this before, but I'm gonna go with bringing back Cad Bane, bringing him into the li- into live action for the first time, bringing his voice actor Corey Burton to uh, voice him, and then we get him for a brief spell in episode six, and then he has a really cool standoff with Boba in episode seven. And then he dies. He's dead. Like, that's it. I just, I can't. Now, again, this could be in retrospect. Like, five years from now, we could go back to this and be like, Kyle, you were wrong. You know, he ended up being a huge villain in the live action stuff. I don't really think that's the case. I think this was it. And I, that's kind of, that feels like a huge missed opportunity for me. And I understand that when people are talking about like Star Wars villains, Cad Bane isn't at like the top of everyone's list. I get that because he's just a bounty hunter. Like there's more interesting and com- complex villains. I fucking love Cad Bane. I think he's so interesting. I love just a good like bounty hunter. I lost my shit when he showed up in Bad Batch. Like I just think he's such a fun character. And the idea that he, this is also I think Anna talked about this with the pacing of the show. Like seven episodes is a weird choice because you can't throw in all of these ideas and. They're just not going to stick like the idea of him and Boba having history is really cool. I love that idea. And like we talked about this off pod, but like a there's an unreleased episode out there of Clone Wars that explores that idea of them having crossed paths before as bounty hunters, which is awesome. But we don't see that in this show. And so we don't get that context. It's just like two. There, there could have been a really cool moment, like when he's about to kill him, when Cad Bane says like, you know, it, it's in your father's blood. You're always going to be a killer. That could have had so much depth to it, but it just kind of fell flat. Um, Anna, what did you have something to say? 
Not to mention in Bad Batch when Cad Bane showed up, he had this huge showdown with Fennec. Yeah. And he didn't interact with her at all. So you're going to bring in Cad Bane after that huge drop and you're not even going to have him interact with her. That was a huge missed opportunity. You could have had him basically be the antagonist for primarily the whole series and we would have loved it. It's basically Bounty Hunter versus Bounty Hunter. So. Yes, correct. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to nominate just his place in the story. I feel like it was really lackluster. That's a good one. Ryan, what's your nom? What's your dunk? Yeah, okay, so for me, um, like the last time we did this, I just kept mine in-universe. Um, and it was Boba uh, trusting the three crime families when uh, he wanted to go up against the Pikes. Um, the Trandoshans, the Clatoonians, and uh, what was the... The third one again, I forget. I cannot remember. You said okay. the Tradoshians and uh, the Clatonians? Yeah, Tradoshians, the Clatonians, and then there's a third one, but I'm blanking on which one the other one is. Anyway, um, yeah, so they, Boba makes many questionable decisions throughout the show. Um, sometimes it works out, uh, such as when he, he trusted the Gamorreans, uh, rest in peace. Um, and when he um, let uh, Black Chrysanthemum uh, go free and then uh, later uh, hired him on, uh, those worked out pretty well. Um, a lot less uh, was when he <laughs> tried to sway the three uh, crime families to join him against the Pikes. Um, first, he proposed an alliance, um, which was somewhat reasonable you know they 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 could all work well together uh without the inside of the pikes but then all three families are like eh, you know we run spice with them like we don't want to get involved they're only attacking you like why should we help out then boba just decides to be like okay fine how about i deal with them all by myself and you guys just don't interfere at all which is a terrible uh, plan in the beginning um, you know, there's literally like, there's basically no upside for Boba for that. Um, and then they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Fine. With like no incentive for them to honor the deal. And then shockingly, they don't. And after Boba had <laughs> split up his forces, which is another mistake, but you know, we can save that for another time. Um, they all betray him. And so, uh, you know, they, they weaken his forces a lot. They take out the Gamorreans, um, Black Crescent is a badass, so he was able to... Oh, it was the Trandoshans. Those are the other ones. Um, so he was able to hang out with the, the Trandoshans. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, they're just like... The, the mods are, are ambushed, and a lot of them die, too. So it, it was a terrible plan from the beginning, of like, proposing that, and then trusting that the crime families would honor that deal when they had absolutely no incentive to. So... That's a good one. So specifically, the the trusting the crime families. Yes, I like that one. Oh, Boba, Anna, what's your nom? So, I'm gonna nominate the whole treatment of the Tuscan Raiders because Tamora is indigenous. And I thought that was a great addition to the film. And then just having him spend all this time. Like we got to explore their lore a little bit, how they survive, and then just not even halfway through the series, just had them completely wiped off the map, right? I think that was one in poor taste and two a missed opportunity. 
because they could have brought them into the finale somehow. Um, you know, you could have had Boba fly off and, and try and get his pals in instead of getting the Rancor or on the way to the Rancor and basically had like a three series setup for the finale or a three episode setup for the finale. Um, it, it just did not sit well with me. And I, I can't really just pick pacing <laughs> as an option for this show. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to go with the Tuscan Raiders. I mean, you, you can. I, I'm thinking <laughs> about it. That is on my list. Um, just a pace. It is is a it is a criticism, a very fair one. It's not the one I'm going with. Uh, those are all really good ones. I'm gonna say the ones that I'm I'm not going to nom, but they need to be mentioned. I think Boba as a crime lord in general was like no, <laughs> no, just you need a you need to uh, hang up the boots on that one and take another uh, career opportunity path. I think I really. I really... Based on his what? character arc, I really don't think that it was a bad idea, though. I think it was the execution and the writing that set Boba up for failure. Therefore, yeah. he's not good at it, though, because that, that means in story, he it's, is not good at it. It's, it's a good concept on paper, but yeah, you're right. The execution of it is not... He ends up just being a, a like a guy who hires everyone and trusts yeah. people too much. You well, know? It, I th- but I think like even Boba like not being the best crime lord could be interesting. Um, but just like with the pacing and just the unevenness of like going back and forth between that and the Tuskins and the Mando stuff, like it there there was something there. With whichever way you you try and go with it, it's just that they they didn't go in one direction, and I think that hurt the show. Yeah, right. him interacting with the crime families would have been more interesting. Him interacting with the huts would have been more interesting. It's just this weird Mando 2.5 situation that kind of muddled the waters a little bit. So that's not I'm so I'm not going with that one. I'm also not going with the strategy of the last battle, which was trash. <laughs> oh god, yeah, Drask or whatever his name is. We need to stay here to, to protect the people of Mos Espa. The people <laughs> that later we're going to have running around the streets crying because they're destroying their town. Because they're smack dab middle, and uh, that's a great, great idea. Yes. But also for that, we're going to split up everybody. Put you over there. Put put a Wookie in Transocean <laughs> territory. Dumb. We're we're gonna make the blown up jazz club the site of our last stand. That's that's, <laughs> that's gonna be our Alamo, everybody. The jazz club. I'm sorry, this is not your nominee. <laughs> This is not my nominee. Because there's one that's even more. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm getting some some warm-up dunks in, okay? This is pregame. That's fair. These are my pregame dunks. This is my all-star dunk competition dunk coming in right now. And it's the name of the series. Why did you call Book of Boba Fett? It, I think this is, to be honest, this belies the whole problem of what a lot of people have a problem with the series if you don't name it Book of Boba, if we get if this was their whole plan all along, these seven episodes, like in the Mando episodes, weren't like a like a an audible to keep using football lingo, um, or I guess sports lingo. I don't know why I said football, but um, to <laughs> essentially, I'm I'm losing it. I'm losing it. But um, if they didn't name it Book of Boba Fett. 
I think it wouldn't be nearly as regarded as a mixed bag because what we were expecting was a show about Bo- about Boba, right? And we we get that in the first four episodes. And while it was, we were kind of like, oh, at the end of episode four, like, wow, this is kind of floundering. Like, I even said that, like, I don't know where this is going. We were expecting those last three episodes to kick into gear or we were going to be like, okay, it's, they tried, but they they failed. But what they did was they pivoted. They went, they gave us Mando season two and a half. Boba became an ancillary character. He became what Boba kind of has always been, the bench player, the role player, uh, which he's really, I think, really good at. Like, I think his role in Mandalorian season two was great. I loved him. We all did. You know, he was he was a badass. He did what we expected him to do. Um, but then this happens and it's just it be, almost becomes a different show going forward from episode five. And those are arguably the best. Ep- no, they're not. They are the best episodes, essentially, of the series. And so then it becomes in a question like this isn't even Boba's show or like. It's not even centered around Boba. It's of course it's his conflict, but it it pulls away from him so much in the end. It's I just think the naming, which I think they put themselves in a corner with because they came up with the name as that stinger, you know, for the season two. I think before they had their whole story, and then that what then what they came up with was like more of a Mandalorian Boba hybrid, but they. I guess they wanted to roll with a name, which I think was just not a good idea. I, I think if you named it anything from like this, like, you know, when they were thinking when that actually dropped, oh, the Mandalorian, it's going to be season three of the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett. I think even if you just name it that it would work, it will work a lot more and our perception of the show would be higher. So I, I just think it it was kind of a, a a a, bumble, a bungle. It was a fumble. Like they they could have done better. It could have been a better name, and it would have just been perceived even better. Even if they didn't change anything else about the show, I think just the name change would have helped. So that's my dunk. But we got some good ones. But what wins? Ryan, what's your vote? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Anna's one. Um, the the treatment of the Tuscans. Um, for all the reasons she mentioned, um, for the you know the portrayal of them as natives and and how they're just ultimately cast aside and and what seems like a dismissive way, whether or not that was their intention, um, but also storytelling wise, I think like we've we've talked about it, and for me, like the reason the show is so uneven is like they they either could, should have committed all the way to the space godfather thing or to, like, Boba's journey with the Tuscans, um, and then after them, and sort of, like, just him trying to find himself. Um, and they just didn't really do either, and then just sort of had some great moments with the Tuscans, interspersed with the crime stuff, and then eventually they just fell by the wayside. Um, and then I think Anna's um, point is also really good. Like, you could have them, you know, come in at the end and have them fight with Boba because they have that bond. And, like, <laughs> back to the, the last battle, like that would have made more sense than just like, oh, like, let's wait for these seven guys from Freetown to show up. <laughs> like, they're definitely going to save the day. <laughs> the cavalry has arrived on a truck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that there were so many missteps with them, and, and that, that really, like, the the show had some trouble getting off the ground and just sort of never really 
got there. And I think a lot of that is because um, how they, they dealt with the, the Tuscans and, and how they tried to like have both parts of that and it just didn't really convince either. And so it just didn't work. So I, I think that uh, that one is going to be my choice. All right, Kyle, what's got your vote? Hmm. <laughs> These are all really, really good nominees. Um, yeah, I actually, Damon, I'm really glad you went with the one you went with because you were talking about the final battle and I was like, that's a great nominee. Just go with that. But the idea of it, it's really interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot. Like it's almost and I hate to, I hate to say this because I love Timora as Boba and I think he's so fun. And I honestly, I think he's been really just done dirty. I think that the optimum incarnation, whatever you want to call it, like it, version of Boba Fett was in Mando season two. Like, I think that having him as it's almost that thing where like, just because you can make a series movie spinoff, whatever about a side character doesn't mean you have to like the MCU has kind of perfected that almost like with the Disney plus shows and like they, but that's because they've been very deliberate about what characters they want to promote and what care, like the characters they have built up really well. It's almost like if they were to be like, we're going to make a Heimdall series, none of us would really care about that. And that's not just because we all just dunk on Heimdall all the time. Like, I think it would just be like, who cares? You know, cause there's not a whole lot of story to tell about him. And I think that's kind of the case with Boba. And I know that there were a lot of Star Wars fanboys when this show was announced who were like, we're finally going to get the canon confirmation of Boba surviving, you know, the uh, the Sarlacc. Like, we got that in Mando season two. We didn't get to see it, but who, who gives a shit? Like, use your imagination. He crawled out. That's it. <laughs> you know, like, he got his way out. He has his armor back. So what else do you need? Like, I feel like the idea of him having his own series was maybe, like, set up to fail right off the bat like so it's a good point to bring up the title because maybe if it's called like you said the mandalorian and then it's like a subtitle the big of boba fett or like maybe it's just like tatooine themed and boba is one of like many main characters and it's really about like the crime business dealings in yes tatooine that would be cool as hell right like that would be it's almost like the the wire for <laughs> tatooine like that would be so fun to watch um but yeah, it's just like I was thinking about those last three episodes and how watching them, they're incredible episodes, even the finale. I do, I do really like the finale, but like watching all the extra stuff is fun in context, but it's almost like watching. I'm going to make a comparison to a really shitty couple shows that I don't like, but like the CW verse, like Flash and Arrow. When the Flash begins in those first maybe two episodes, Arrow shows up because the flash came to him, his city to help him. And that makes sense for him to be there to kind of help him help set him up as a superhero. It would be like if the arrow just stayed in that in the in season one of the flash as a main character for all 23 episodes. I don't think that would work. I think that that would kind of overshadow the flash and he would not be an interesting or compelling character because all of us would care more about watching what arrow does. That's kind of what happens with Mando in this second half of the show we all love Mando and we love Grogu and we love Ahsoka. So like, we just don't really care about Boba anymore. Um, so all that being said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like go off on a tangent there, but like that, 
that's a really, really, really good nominee. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with yeah the naming of the show just because it's like it's so misleading and in, in in retrospect in context now that we've seen the full thing, don't call it that. <laughs> call it like the fucking the sands of Tatooine or some shit, right? Like call it something else, and we'll it'll be a great crime show, but it won't be focused on one character, and it, I think it would be more successful. So that's got my vote. Yes, I'm here for it. It should have been called The Spice. Like The Wire, The Spice. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second oh, to register that. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, moving on. Um, Anna, what's your vote? So, Damon, you made a really compelling argument, but I still think therein lies the problem of the show. It's bringing too many ideas together even with the editing, because the universe is really not that small, right? Mando is not going to keep coming to Tatooine. There's plenty of other planets out there, right? I think they really should have taken that content and left it in Mando alone and then expanded Boba's time on Tatooine. I think that really would have fleshed out the series and made it, quite frankly, more exciting, even with the bungling and the writing. Um so I think the Tuscan Raiders were a really big plot hole. So I'm going to vote for my own, which means we need to bring in our tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, yes, I believe do. that means we uh, unfortunately have to bring in. <laughs> Don't uh, say unfortunately. <laughs> Grand Admiral Thad, <laughs> we need you. Are you there, good sir? I'm gonna Bad. Yeah, listening to another banger by Max Rebo. <laughs> Bad. Did you eat too many white chocolate pretzels? Did you pass out? While we wait on the Grand Admiral, we'll take a quick break. All right, we are back with our tiebreaker, Mr. Grand Admiral Fad. So, sir, we are debating um, our dunk award. Basically, biggest fuck up mistake. Uh, of the Book of Boba Fett. I'm going to give you our four nominees, and then I'm going to give you the two that actually matter. Okay? Am I one of the nominees for earlier in the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Thinking a Starfighter is in Jedi Fallen Order. My vote goes to... No. uh, (laughs) We love you too much then. Um, So our nominees are... Uh, the treatment of the Tuscan Raiders and their place in the story, basically their sidelining um, in the story. We have Boba just trusting the crime families because fuck it. Um, we have the title of the show being a bit misleading about what the show was actually about. And we have Cad Bane's place in the story or his basically shortcutting in the story. Um we're torn between two. We are torn between the treatment of the Tuscan Raiders and the title of the show being the Book of Boba Fett. Ooh. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the title of the show. Okay. Give us, uh, give us your reasoning. Well, just because... Um, Really, the last three episodes have been just not really Boba heavy. It's kind of just been 
the Book of Mando. <laughs> I mean, that's really been the title of the last three episodes. So I gotta say, it's it's probably the title. All right. Well, thank you, Sir Thad. That that was mine. Um, I, I I do like to say that I I think the Tuscan Raiders one is just as important because the fact that they showed us so much of that early on, and then just just really like Anna said, throw it throw it away just to bring it back as like a callback for why Bob was able to to take down Cad Bane. That was is that the only reason they they gave us that? If that's the case, like that is very shitty treatment. But the name yeah. of the series, I'm glad for that W. Any other yeah, thoughts? Especially with tomorrow's especially with tomorrow's background in that community. I just yeah. thought it was doubly messed up and you know he definitely could have been brought in as a consult or they definitely could have reached out to somebody in the community i yeah i mean either way even though ryan and i didn't get the w this time which um i I just think the book of boba fett is obviously a, a good choice in terms of title just because well not in terms of title but in terms of a shitty title because at the end of the day it's like a weird movie that didn't really make sense. I think if you maybe change the editing around a little bit with some of the parts and change the name, it all kind of could have worked, but it was just very odd in general. All right. I wanted to throw out one final one uh, connected to the last battle. Um, I get why they, well, actually, I, I don't really get it because we already sort of figured it, it would come up, but like, the fact that Boba did tell all the mods and the other townspeople that he was bringing the Rancor, and then, like, after he gets knocked off, they're like, oh, no, there's a Rancor running around. Like, we should shoot him. So they all shoot him, and he turns into Godzilla and starts destroying the town. Like, <laughs> like there's got to be some communication here. And so you don't end up with, like, a, a giant Rancor that ostensibly was on your side um, being driven into a frenzy and then destroying the town. So, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because it brought back a, a thing I was going to say earlier that that came to my mind. And you said that, so I have to say this. This whole show gives me super, um, like, small mom-and-pop business. Tomorrow, like, Oprah's the, the really entitled, rich, middle-aged guy running the business, and he has all these employees just really doing all of the work and he's just not aware that that he's not really pulling his weight and he just doesn't he, he poorly communicates and his assistant manager his manager you know Phoenix Shan just keeps telling these things like oh we're gonna do this and she's, she's like you sure about that <laughs> and, uh, and then somehow he just he still he still happens and you know he has a rancor somehow you know but yeah no that's just what I thought earlier I had to say that um yeah. Is this a real um, uh, SpongeBob meme? Uh, we did it, Patrick. We saved the city as the city of <laughs> Oh my god, it's a good one. That's a good one. I remember. I saw that earlier. It's a good meme choice oh, right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that's for the donk. And now let's move on to the big, the big four. I like to call the the four classics, the ones that I really tell a lot about the show let's dig in all right yes kicking it off with valedictorian basically our favorite performance uh character place in the story brian kick us off who's your nominee for the valedictorian and the fe goes to 
Wait, the show's called The Book of Boba Fett? And here are your nominees for the Valedictorian Award. All right, yes, kicking it off with Valedictorian, basically our favorite performance, uh, character, place in the story. Brian, kick us off. Who's your nominee for the Valedictorian? Oh, geez, this is really hard. Um, this, <laughs> despite all the dunking that we just did, um, there were a lot of great performances. Um, I'm going to go with Mando uh, just because he just, all, all of the stuff that he was involved in was just really great, uh, whether it's some, like, really cool, um, like, informational downloads, like his stuff with the Armorer um, and Pass Vizsla, um, his, like, learning to use the Darksaber, um, him making the armor for Grogu, uh, him visiting with Ahsoka, um, and then Cobb, um, and then all the stuff with him, and especially with Grogu in the last episode, um, I just... I thought it was another banner showing for Mando, and um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, there's a lot of good choices out there, but he's the one that I'm going with. So, All right, Anna, what's your nom? I'm actually going to nominate the Rancor because without the Rancor, that city would not be theirs. <laughs> I don't care if the Rancor destroyed half of the buildings in the town. <laughs> they would not have won the finale battle. You're you're not wrong. And Kyle has left the the, the pod. And we lost uh, and we lost Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, what what is your nom? Anna. No, that's not that's not my nom. Uh, okay, let's see. I I, accept, I thoroughly accept your nomination. No, I would never. Uh, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. Uh, it was so mean. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ming Na Wen as Fennec Shan. I think that there can be arguments made for the fact that she does get a a bit sidelined towards the end of the series. Um, but I think that her, her place in the story and her position as kind of Boba's muscle, but also like, even in the finale, she's not just his muscle. She's really the only person who grounds him and keeps him from doing stupid things. Well, he does stupid things anyway, but like, especially in the first standoff with Cad Bane, when he's kind of baiting him with like the, the Tusken Raiders and he's. Boba's like, I can take him. And Finnick is like, not right now. You're emotional. You know, stand down. You'll have your moment with him. That's a really cool moment. And I just think that Ming-Na Wen, like, she just fucking commits to every role. I mean, she's so good in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is so good in this show. I remember even, like, with Mandalorian, I was like, yeah, episode, what, five, I think it was? Maybe the weakest episode in the season, but she's so good in that episode. She's so fun. Um, and then of course she's great in season two, but like, I, I don't know. I, I loved Finnick. I thought she was a really fun addition to that episode of, um, the bad batch. And I just think she's a character more than most of the characters in this season. I want to see more of her in future star Wars projects, whether it is book of Boba Fett or she crosses over into 
you know, Mando again or Ahsoka or like what, whatever. Like I, I could, I, I want to see her past as a bounty hunter, you know, before she crosses paths with Boba. Um, I thought Ming-Na Wen, Ming-Na Wen was fantastic as, as Fennec. So I'm going to nominate her. All right. Mm, well, since Anna opened this up, Anna went with the Rancor. I'm, I'm going with Grogu because it's Grogu. And I mean, do I need to say anything else? Everything he did was perfect, was adorable, cute, amazing. Denver change, Grogu. You, you keep being you. And I just need more. Just give me more Grogu. Um, that's my nom. Ryan, what's your vote? Uh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, I'll go with uh, Ming Na Wen, I guess. Um, yeah, she's just. Um, I mean, I nominated her for Wallflower, and I stand by that because we we needed more. But um, I think while we needed and wanted more from her, she still um, absolutely knocked out of the park everything that she did have and uh, was really a, a, a real strength of the show. So, yeah. Kyle, what's your nom? I mean, your vote. Um, it almost feels like cheap. <laughs> I don't want to say cheap, but to, to vote for Grogu or Mando kind of highlights like, yeah, they swept in and kind of just stole the show. <laughs> like, it's kind of a bummer, but, like, that's the reality. I I don't know. It's conflicting because I want to vote for Grogu because this is maybe the most development we've had for Grogu in all three seasons that we've seen him in. Um, I mean, he comes in clutch at the end of that finale. Uh, but it's like I want that in Mando. I don't want that in this show. <laughs> um, but, no, I... I I think I'm actually going to stick with the the Ming Nam Win one. I think that if you're talking about this entire show, again, Mando and Grogu don't show up until episodes five, six, and seven. And while they're fantastic and they are great in all of their moments and their scenes, I'm going to talk more about those moments later. But like their reunion, especially, is just perfect. But like I, I think beginning to end, episode one to episode seven, Fennec is always there, and she's just Boba's right hand person like she's just there she's she's a constant in his world and we're talking about him like finding a new tribe like he is he he is immediately attached to her she's kind of that person for him so yeah i'm gonna stick with uh fennec all right anna what's got your vote oh it's 100 percent fennec right because i mean she was she interacted with mando first when Mando goes in to see Boba Fett and he's like, oh, I'm here because Fennec told me to be here. Fennec is the one, the puppeteer behind the curtain. Okay. Without Fennec, this whole operation <laughs> falls apart. Um, you know, and I just think I, I really love the armor. I love Mando. I love Grogu. I love Ahsoka. I love Luke. But at the end of the day, this is Book of Boba Fett, right? And if you look at uh, IMDb, and you look at like the top six actors, it's like, okay, two of them are the guys that played the Camorans and you don't even see their face and they fall off the cliff, right? <laughs> so it, it really narrowed down your, your prospects for this award. And when you look at it that way, it's like the clear winner is Fennec. 
I wasn't actually debating on drafting Dave Filoni for writing episode six because I just didn't know who to nominate. <laughs> oh, Filoni. Um, I am not giving Fennec Shan the sweep, though I, I definitely like her getting the win. I'm getting my vote to Din, who I think just, like, from the moment he shows up, like, in that, like, space butcher shop and, like, showed us how, like, he was not doing okay. You okay, buddy? No, no, I miss my son. Like, oh. And then, like, the whole interactions with us, with R2-D2 and Ahsoka. And uh, before that, the armor and, and Vizsla, like, learning more about that and just the fact that he, like, technically like, get, gets disowned. He's like, oh, well, shit. And he's, like, really missing his son now. And all that happens. Then he goes to help Boba. We get the reunion. I just, I thought he was in his bag. I was just, it was, it was, a, it was just showing us that they know who Din Djarin is. They know his character. They know what he is going to do in every single situation, which I think highlights, unfortunately, how, what they don't know as much about Boba. Like, I, I don't, like, I just, I don't I think Boba was a more of a spur of the moment. Oh wow. Like Boba we made Boba work in Mando season 2. Robert wants to do a series. Let's give it to him. Let's do it. Okay, what are we going to do? Uh well, <laughs> he took over ta- he took over job of the Hutt's place. Okay. It but um, aside from that, I I just think Din really was fantastic pedro's voice like his line readings about you know like hey you got the shirt he's got the (laughs) shirt it was just so great like he was dad energy in this series to a t is that a bench (laughs) like the fact that that's a a line that people are going to say in the future now and be a thing is just i love it and i think he did a great job Phoenix shan i voted for for wallflower because i definitely think she needed more she deserved more in this series and i i just feel like i don't know if i could have voted for her for wallflower and and valedictorian for that reason but she did kill it i i had to go for dent but finn gets the w as she usually does because she kicks all the ass that's right she is the gunslinger um all right let's move on and your winner is Mingna Wen as Finnick Shand and now the nominees for the binary sunset award ah yes the binary sunset award or the best memory um we are going just looking at the best scenes of this series some really great ones i want to take the first nom and I'm going to go with the Cobb Vant and Cad Bane showdown at Freetown. I just think, like, it was just really perfect. It was one of the most Western scenes I think we've ever gotten in a in a Star Wars thing, which is essentially a space Western. You know, like, they're, they're in a desert. They're facing down. Like, they're two literal, like, a sh- it's a freaking sheriff and an outlaw <laughs> like uh cad bane is actually literally like inspired and based on like a character from the good the bad and the ugly Cobb vanth is 
it's freaking Tim, Timmy, who's like literally plays. I think that's who he is. He's just like a, a, a literal gun guy. Like he's just an outlaw marshal. Like I think he's like from the past. I don't know. He just that's all he seems to do and does it so well. But like their whole showdown had so much like chemistry. It built tension. It was shot so well. Like you see from from way out, like just this person slowly walking. And like as soon as you see that hat, you're like, uh oh. You know who it is. If you know, you know. Um, if you have not watched this, the animated series, I, I feel bad for you, son. Uh, you got 99 problems. You need to watch all the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, but I just loved it. The build up, the tension, and then like what happened. We had the, the dipshit deputy keep, like fucking it all <laughs> up. Getting ca- uh, Cobb to, to throw his guard down and get shot. And of course, we know that he's not dead, but like the unknowing, like when they say it in the the next episode, like he's he's gone. He got shot down in cold blood. It's like he's he's not. No, no way. He ain't. He's not dead. But like the way it went down was very fun and suspenseful. And just seeing those two on screen, I think if Cad Bane is not dead, we will one hundred percent get a reunion of those two throwing down. So with some like modifications for both of them, maybe. Um. So yeah, that's my nom. Brian, what's yours? Um, yeah, that that's a really good one. Um, I am gonna go with um, Mando, Mando and Grogu uh, seeing each other again uh, in the finale, uh, and then hugging in the uh, the chariot. I just it's so emotional. I, I cried. Um, it was just so heartwarming. Um, the the scene and the action and then also like um Din's reaction to it like it's just yeah it was uh it was quite the moment um you know setting aside all the Mando versus Boba stuff for a while like just having that moment in there was just fantastic very touching Anna what's your nom you two stole the two things I was going to nominate, so I got to let this one marinate for a minute. Um, I don't have fifty notes. I do, what? but I thought you guys were going to nominate something from out of left field that I was not going to expect. So, so those always two were... keeping me on my toes. Um, <laughs> we can go to Kyle. So no, I'm going to nominate something, but it, it's going to be a bit of a hot take. So it's going to be Mando's entrance into the series. But specifically, when he's using the dart saber, he cuts himself. Yes! That is the most realistic <laughs> moment in all of Star Wars. Okay, you're telling me no Jedi ever nick themselves with a, a lightsaber? <laughs> not one not one person that we've seen so far? You know what's funny? Um, no, but that, that whole intro scene was just really great. Um, I mean, obviously, Pedro has a presence even when he has the mask on and... It was a great fight scene from start to finish, and he had his his uh, great line, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. I love that. And really, the fact that he cut himself where there was no Beskar armor is like, dang, of course he would he would slice in the one spot he was, he was vulnerable. Um, yeah. That's a great one. Kyle, what's your nom? Yes, I am also conflicted because a lot of the stuff I wanted to to nominate has already been taken. Um, I'm going to go with uh, this is a Mando heavy 
uh, four, but I'm going to go with Mando and Boba kind of like standing together and, and holding off the enemies in the finale. Like you have, this is kind of cheating, but you have like the moment where they're inside and Boba's like, are you sure you want, are you sure it's a good idea to stay here? Mando, of course, says this is the way, which is just like beautiful character growth right there. Like Mando has always been a lone wolf. And then that switches when he, you know, has the son. And of course, he meets Boba and has that kind of weird rivalry in his show. And then they team up. Boba helps him. Boba has the same thing in that episode when he tells him, no, I already made an agreement with you. I am now going to stay with you until your your child is back with you. Um and then it harkens back to Mando's episode, episode six, where he tells Finnick, this one's on the house. Like he already considers, he has so much respect for Boba and considers him like a kind of a brother in arms. And so you get that moment when they're standing there. It, it's clear both of them could die. Like they're very outnumbered and he's just like, no, this is the way. And then the two of them jumping out together and kind of like facing off and like shooting together. I, you think of like, we talk about this a lot with MCU stuff, but like you think of Star Wars stuff, you thought you would never see. I didn't think I would ever see that. I never thought I would see like the two of them just sitting there, like, you know, guns blazing together. It's just like real. It's kind of reminded me of like the Spider-Man stuff we got earlier. Like, it's just very, very, very cool, like wish fulfillment almost as a Star Wars fan. Um, and it's very in character for both of them. And it's, I don't know. It's it's hearkening back to what we've been saying. We all love Mando and we do love Boba, even though he's not written the best all the time. But like we do love him. And so the two of them teaming up together and standing kind of together as his last defense is just a really cool moment. Those are four really good ones. <clears throat> I have to go with the reunion because, I mean, the I just remember just how happy I felt. Like I'm pretty sure I was just grinning like madly when it happened. Like he just did that little force chomp into his arms. He was like, "Whoa, buddy!" Um, it, it was just adorable and just what we've been waiting for. And like you know, like we've gotten close to two episode the episode before. You know, just the oh, you know, I guess I won't see him. I, I got so close. I came all this way. Um, it it just had so much emotion and and all that. It was. It was, it was what we were waiting for, and it was done really well. I think that's got to get my vote. Uh, Ryan, is does that have your vote as well? Oh, jeez. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Cat Bane one, I guess. Um, those are definitely one, two for me. But, um, yeah, the Cat Bane one was great just because, for me, it was like totally unexpected, and it was like great you know wish fulfillment fan service like however you want to put that um but not like in a negative way i just like it i thought it was a really great moment and um it's like a great character to finally see on screen and like um and the, the fact that it was unexpected like you know we're we know that like in ahsoka's one we're probably gonna get ezra we're probably gonna get sabine um but just like to not like even know this was coming i thought it was really cool and um, my next hope, my next holdout for unexpected live action characters, Hondo. Like, I really want to see Hondo at some point. Hondo! <laughs> give me, give me my guy, Timmy Dalton. Tony Dalton. Tony Dalton. I, I always think, say that, like, no, that's the, that's the wrong one. That's wrong James Bond. <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> 
Um, all right, Anna, what's got your vote? So in terms of like feel good memory, it's definitely dad reunites with his kid from boarding school, right? But that's not the name of the show. <laughs> so is it comedy how... show? It... <laughs> It's so screwed up that the name of the show is Book of Boba Fett, and we didn't. None of us drafted a Boba Fett memory, really. That was just Boba. <laughs> I did. Oh, okay, not just Boba. just Boba. Right. Though. <laughs> it's okay. like all Mando and like well. that name. Um, which really kind of shame on the show creators, but I think I have to go with Cad Bane just because it's something that's original to the book of Boba Fett. And we were, we have been waiting for him in live action. And just that scene where he shot the deputy and then he shot, um, Cobb. Yeah. It, I was trying not to say sheriff, (laughs) (laughs) but just the way like the cinematography was cut, it was like a classic Western. It was very Clint Eastwood. It was just beautifully done. Right, and I'm a sucker for a good space western. So, yeah, I got to go with Cad Bane's intro. All right. Kyle, what's your vote? Uh, I'm just a softie. It's got to be Mando and, and Grogu. Like, that that reunion, I was... So let me paint a picture, because I, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I have family in town. Um, my sister and brother-in-law are in town. We went away for a week to celebrate my dad's retirement and my brother-in-law because they have kids is a little behind on the show he's seen ironically he's seen the first four episodes and hasn't seen five six or seven and i'm just sitting here like i cannot say a word to you right now um but we're all hanging out in the living room and i'm sitting with my laptop and my headphones like watching the finale which is a bad idea because like how can i not react to things in front of him and that moment happens and i just sit there and my eyes just immediately like, fill with tears like i'm just sitting there like weeping at my baby son reuniting with his father and ray my brother-in-law looks up and he's like you good <laughs> i was like no i'm not good watch the show you dick <laughs> just watch the show <laughs> my son is reuniting with his dad it's a very emotional moment for all of us exactly exactly um so it was it was a tough moment for me but yes it's just a beautiful we were talking about this off pod like i was wondering if we would get that in season three of mando i you could argue maybe it should have happened in mando but either way it did happen and it was beautiful and I mean, Pedro is so good with like the little he does so much with like the faltering of his voice at certain points and that faltering of his voice when he sees his kid and the jump to hug him is just God, it's beautiful. And then him saying like, you got the shirt, you got the shirt. It's just such a dad thing. It's just yeah, I would have been really sad if all we got was him kind of like leaving the shirt with Ahsoka and not actually seeing Grogu. And then we didn't get that resolved until Mando season three. But the fact that he, they delivered on that in the next episode, it was beautiful. I got, I got to nominate or vote for that. You know what that means? It's a tie. tie <laughs> Back to the tiebreaker. We need the Thad breaker. Thad, come in, Thad. Paging Doctor Thad. We are back. Back again, back again with that, with our binary sunset award, and we've got we've got four war, four noms, and we got two that you're going to be uh, voting out of. 
So we have Mando's butcher fight scene and a, a, a rival in the series. Mando and Boba's stand at the uh, burnt down club. We have and then we have the two that you're going to vote out of Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane's showdown at Freetown and Mando's and Grogu's reunion. Hmm. I, I, I really don't want to pick anything that's that's too Mando heavy, but I mean, how can <laughs> how can you not just you, you got to go with with you know little baby Yoda and and Mando's reunion? You have to. Yes. Damn it, Dad. <laughs> it's called Book of Boba Fett, not Book of Mando. <laughs> Well, if I mean, Grogu Ed, is involved. He you wins. You just did Cad Bane dirty. He's gonna come after you. He's dead. <laughs> you don't uh, know, man. Not ex- extreme Pippin voice. He's not dead. That's true. He's gonna come back as Cad Bane, the the, the white. <laughs> Where's the Balrog when you need one? Um, oh, thank you. Boba's gonna ride. I was gonna ride the the, the turn. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> top. Dad, thank you so much for breaking another tie. I did not expect us to have so many ties, but uh, thank you once again. Mando and Gregory reunion takes the W. Let's move on to that next award. And the Effie goes to Grogu and Din Djarin's reunion from Episode Seven in the Name of Honor. And the nominees for Game of the Year award are. Rolling on to our final two, we're on to Game of the Year. This is our our pick for the best ep- episode. Sorry, I just saw me. You okay there, bud? <laughs> Sorry. Was it like a bantha? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Um, we're on to Game of the Year. Best episode of Book of Boba Fett. There were seven, some good ones, some not as good. Uh, Anna, kick us off. What is your nominee for Game of the Year? Um, It's got to be episode six, right? Maybe. Um, that was the one Filoni wrote. I'm sorry. Hold on. I, uh, I misinterpreted the assignment, so here we are. Um, okay. So episode six is where Cad Bane comes in. So really just the way that whole section was shot was fantastic. You have um, Mando meeting up with Grogu and seeing his little Mithril shirt. Yeah, I know it's chainmail, but I'm going to call it Mithril just for the assignment. Um, and then, yeah, you discuss the, uh, and then the final showdown starts. Really not that great of a plan, to be honest. But the special effects were really cool, and I just think the writing was fantastic. And once again, Dave Filoni was back on his bullshit. So, yeah, I gotta go with Chapter 6, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Such a great episode. Kyle, what's your nom? Uh, that was my nom. Thanks, Anna. Fuck you. Um, so, I'm gonna go with the one before it. Uh, episode 5, The Return of the Mandalorian. We've been doing it all night. I'm sorry, Boba. I love you, but I don't love you as much as I love Mando. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, from the very from Anna's nom for the memory, like from the very beginning scene. I think it was like I was somehow still shocked, even though episode four sets it up so well with his music at the end of the episode. And Bo was like, we got to bring someone in. Obviously, we knew Mando was going to show up. But the fact that it, it literally is his episode, like there's no Boba in it and it's just his episode. I think it was honestly what I needed, like at that far into the show. I was I was kind of into it, but I was like, I need a bit of a break from all this weird, like half-assed crime lord stuff. And just give me like a fun, exciting episode. And that's what this is. You get him showing up, you know, fucking up his leg with the dark saber. You get great callbacks to um, the Siege of Mandalore, or some excuse me, the Scourge of Mandalore. And you get, I mean, the armorer is such a cool character anyway, so it was nice to see her again. But, like, her interactions with him, and I, I feel like we were all, like, begging him not to answer truthfully when she's like, did you did you take your helmet off? Did you take your helmet off? Like, we just, you know, it's a technicality. He did it for his son. Um, but that being the, the thing that kind of excommunicates him from Mandalorians is, is brutal. Um, but it also is really, really great setup for his third season. Um I'm glad this wasn't the case, but if this were the only episode that we got Mando in, it would be a cool kind of like backdoor, not pilot, but backdoor first episode of season three for him because now you get where he's at and he could now go to like through his trials to become a Mandalorian again or to find his kid. Um, Yeah, and it's just really fun all around. And then, of course, you get the great ending of him meeting up with Finnick and, you know, her telling him, we've got a job for you. Like come back and work with us. It's just a really great kind of ribbon on a fun episode. What's up, Anna? Also directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And it was beautifully done. Yes. Props. Can you please direct more Star Wars projects? Thank you. She, she needs her own movie or series. Yeah. Like if, okay. Side tangent. If you, if you could choose the Bryce Dallas Howard project, what would it be? Ooh. You mean for Star Wars? Yeah, for Star Wars, I mean. Because I feel like it's it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of when at this point. Um, I think I know she everyone's... A, I think she gets a movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I know everyone's saying the Rogue Squadron movie. I'd be okay with that. Uh, I still don't really know how I feel about that as a movie. <laughs> I mean, if they just make it Top Gun in space, that's cool, I guess. Um, I feel like Patty has to do that, though, because her father was in the Air Force, well, right? Yeah. I think she's so been out, I, though, at this yeah, point. Yeah, she's out. She's, she's out. She's out. Is she officially out? At the moment, it's not happening. Okay. I thought it was just that's a bummer. Out, yeah, that sucked. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Think about I, it, and we'll make an episode on it. <laughs> yes. I mean, if... I know Mara Jade is not technically canon in this universe, but that would be really cool. Um, oh, also, Cal, Cal would be pretty cool too. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Fuck! Now I just want Bryce to play Mara. Like, don't direct the movie <laughs> or both. Just play Mara. You can do both. That could be pretty dope. I'm down for that. Um, yeah. All right. So that means we have Ryan. What's your nom? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Finale, um, Chapter 7, In the Name of Honor. Um, we've uh, done a lot of uh, nitpicking or not nitpicking about some of the 
flaws of the finale, but um, I, I really enjoyed it overall. Um, uh, I thought it hit a lot of the great emotional beats, especially obviously with the, the Mando and Grogu stuff. Um, and then the, uh, the, the fight sequence was really cool, um, especially um, Mando and Boba. Um, but the, you know, Chris Hansen had some good moments. Um, the Rancor stuff was good. And I think it, it, it went on for a little bit too long, but I, I thought having him come in with it uh, was great and a, and a nice payoff from earlier. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I thought, um, even though we, we were denied our space daddy Cobb, um, having the, the villagers from Freetown show up was, you know, a nice beat. So, um, yeah, I will, uh, I will go with that one. All right, I am going to go with the best episode of the first half, The Tribes of Tatooine, episode two. Um, really, I mean, after this episode, I was very like, I was like, I'm ready for, I'm like, I'm digging this. I like, I like Boba. You know, he's making maybe questionable things, but he's doing it for interesting reason. I very much like the Tuscan Raider plotline, and obviously, like, it was a part of why he was he was doing this. And and it just then, of course, what happens after, like, you know, the fact that we just don't get anything else like we get a oh, hey, he comes back from talking to the Pikes and they're they're dead that then that's it. We get a mention of the. You know, he shows up with the gaffy stick and is able to take Cad down, but, you know, that's sad, but the episode itself was just so fun. Like it's it's almost almost all a flashback. I mean, it's like maybe tw- 15-ish, 18 minutes of like them in current time, but then it's mainly just the flashback and you get the him training them on the the on the speeders, you know, like a like a bantha. Um it's just really well done. I love me a montage, okay? And like that was so fun. Like we were getting good development with the Tuscan Raiders. Like you had this warrior who like there's like some chemistry there you know and then you had the youngling and it's like i was thinking maybe the youngling was going to be a big part like the tuscan raider should have been a part of that last battle scene um i 100 think it, it definitely i think would have been better better finale if that had been tied back around somehow even if it wouldn't have been anyone from his tribe would have been some other tuscan raiders that you know had heard about it and they wanted revenge something like that but the episode, I, I just had such a, a fun time with it. I was like, after that happened, I was all in on it. It's just, it, then it went, it went a different direction. Episode three and four just kind of like, it didn't progress. And then we got the pivot. But it was super fun. Um, and yeah, I, I believe, I definitely believe that was the best one of the first half. So we have the last three episodes and then episode two. What are we rolling with? Anna, what's your vote? I gotta go with six at the reunion. It warmed the cockles of my cold, frigid heart, which is very difficult to do. All right. Kyle, what's your vote? Yeah, much as I hate to vote for anything that Anna has nominated, um, it's gotta be episode six. Uh, It's just like... I'm glad you mentioned two because the the first half is like troublesome at points, but two is a really fun kind of throwback or flashback episode. Loot train is fucking awesome. Like the whole loot train sequence is very 
I don't know that that took me by surprise. Honestly, I didn't expect that. That's really fun. But um, yeah, it, 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 there is just like something really Star Wars about episode six that no other episode feels that way. I mean, episode five comes close, but it's more of a an homage to like the Mandalorian specifically. But episode six feels like everything that we love about Star Wars in live action. You know, you get Luke having reached basically the peak of his powers, training a foundling and training young Grogu um, in the way that he was trained by Yoda. Like it just comes full circle. You get Ahsoka. Damon, you made a great point. I think this is where Rosario comes into her, her own as Ahsoka. Like she's great in her episode of Mandalorian, but this is like, this is live action Ahsoka. She nails the mannerisms. She's just, especially the line, could have nominated it for the best quote award, but like I'm a friend of the family. Yeah. Uh, so good. Like that made me sad, made me emotional, but it was so good. Like I just, I love that moment. Um, yeah, it's just a great, great moment. You get some emotional stuff with Mando you know, wanting to see his son and get the great, this is a bench or it's a bench moment or whatever. Um, yeah, just really, really solid. So I'm going to vote for that. We we also get the sickest burn to a Skywalker since Anakin was in Mustafar. Oh, he's so much like your father. <laughs> Luke's just like, thanks, question mark. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Uh, who's up to vote? Anna, what you got? Oh, you already voted. No, it's I not. I already a voted. I'll vote again. Yeah. That counts twice, right? I win. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ryan, what's your vote? Yeah, it's got to um, be episode six. Um, just for everything that everyone has mentioned. Um, all the great Grogu, Mando, Cad Bane, Ahsoka. Just all, all of it. Give me, give me more. Uh, it, was, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's it's another sweep. That episode just from the beginning of Cobb, like, oh god, we got Cobb, like being super debonair is like, oh, you know, y'all y'all can just turn all turn around and uh, leave. It's all good. Nope. Okay, I gotta kill y'all now. Okay, uh, like kills two two of them with one shot. It's and then we get the the whole thing with the. I like we didn't even mention it earlier, but I I loved the the beginning of the Jedi Academy. Like with the little ant droids, I love that little callback. Like the fact of the matter is that they are, at least so far as we know, building this into the sequel trilogy. So, like, if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it, and this is a good foundation for that, so to say. Um, and then just the the two most heartbreaking scenes was, of course, the whole Din being like, "Oh, but I came all this way." You know, and I won't get to see him like just just long his longing. And then as he flies away, Grogu sees him and reaches out. And then, of course, the end of the episode, the ultimatum. Which surprisingly, we haven't talked about yet in detail. So I figured this would be the best time to do that because I know Anna has thoughts. Um, so I. <laughs> just cool yeah, that, that's putting it mildly. Um First of all, where the fuck do you get off Luke Skywalker doing that? You just spent however long hanging out with your sister, her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's best friend for like however many months or years. I, I, the pacing is a little bit unclear at that point. Um, 
And then you're just like, no, you can't have any attachments. It's like literally the whole reason your father killed your mother is because he couldn't marry her because he was in the Jedi Order. Sir, where the hell do you get off doing that nonsense? Um, but then that being said, you could have theoretically ended it right there until Mando season three. And you didn't even need episode seven if you were going to do that. I, I genuinely thought that we Filoni was back on his bullshit and then we were going to have to wait at the end of episode six until the new season of Mando to figure out how Grogu selected between see, the two I'm, options. I'm glad that didn't happen. While like maybe we, we some of us would wish that it like we had gotten the reunion in Mando season three, I think it happening here was the best as far as what narrative they were trying to tell because the fact that they did episode uh, six, well, like we needed them to reunite like with after that happening. And I, I almost think that's why we get this ultimatum from, from Luke. And I think, like I said before, since this is tying into the sequel trilogy, we are getting a Luke that is making those mistakes because he's technically already made them like he is supposed to be be this guy who's trying to start over and he's he's gotten the jedi texts and he's he's kind of all in again he's like trying to rebuild the jedi order and he's not changing anything and he's just falling right back into the the same trappings that the jedi did all all along which leads us of course back into force awakens and last jedi so it but, very much makes sense for the story. It, it, it does. Ahsoka I, was literally on the planet. That's the whole, like, that's the crux of the whole thing. She could have literally just looked at him and been like, your dad made a similar mistake. You sure you want to do that? Not that the men in Star Wars ever listen, but, you know. Maybe that's why she didn't say it. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, what, what, true. what were you going to say? I was going to say, just to cut Luke, like, the slightest little bit of slack because uh, we've given him a lot of shit and he deserves it. But like his the, the training that he got amounted to five minutes with Obi Wan on the ship with the like remote droid and then carrying Yoda on his back for like three days around the swamp of Dagobah. So like I I can understand why he wouldn't want to just like totally upend like what he knew about the Jedi Order uh, when he was trying to rebuild from scratch. Like he clearly made a lot of mistakes and he should have pivoted, but like. I get it. He 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 was not starting with all that much to build off of. So, and I would also like to defend Luke in this situation because I am on the optimistic side that he kind of does know a little bit what he's doing. Um, and he did this ultimatum because he knows that Grogu was that it maybe wasn't going to be the best thing to train Grogu because he. He maybe did. I, I don't think he has the unhealthy attachment. That's that's a whole nother semantic. That's a whole nother debate and issue we won't get into because we'll be here way too long about what actually they mean by attachment. Uh, there's 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 argument there. But I, I just think that he knew that Grogu was going to maybe be happier with Din. So he gave him the choice because maybe Grogu wasn't going to make the decision. Otherwise, I don't know. I just think maybe Luke, I want to give Luke a little bit more of a, like, like Ryan said, a benefit of the doubt. I think he was, he saw some things. He was like, I think Grogu's going to be better off with his dad instead of never possibly seeing him ever again. 
like he which he very visibly like vividly points out to him like hey hey you, you sure you don't want to see your dad again like <laughs> like we're, we're gonna be training for a while you're you're you you uh, age very slowly so <laughs> I, I i think he did it for grogu but it was maybe not done in the best of ways um what what are your thoughts on on all of that kyle on It's just tough because it's like we we as fans feel very protective over that and feel very protective over Grogu in particular and just his relationship with Mando. Um, and we also have the benefit of having seen like the, the downside of someone not getting that correct teaching with Anakin. Like that's kind of what happened, right? So I don't know. I'm also just torn. I love Ahsoka so much, but I'm a little torn about her too being so adamantly against training Grogu in in Mando, and then just being like, "All right, cool. Like, Luke Luke's got it under control. I've been a Jedi longer than he has, but sure, why not? You know, it's just like, and I get it. I understand why she wouldn't be hesitant and why she would not want to train Grogu, but I just I feel like that's more of a what the next award's going to be like what I want to see going forward of like what her show maybe fills in some of those blanks. Um, but I don't know, man, it was cool to see CGI Luke. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Anna, did you have anything else to add? Yeah. I mean, right before Grogu made his decision that, you know, we didn't actually see being made, which is a whole different ball of wax. You get to see him watching Luke when he's using his lightsaber and you can actually see the lightsaber reflected in his eyes and that's why I personally didn't know what he was going to choose because subtly they had the puppet open its eyes like oh my gosh like this is so cool right um and again I'm just never going to forgive Luke for really just saying oh I spent more time with my friends but you know I spent three days with Yoda and Dagobah and you know a day and a half with Obi-Wan and you know I can restart the whole Jedi Order even though I have a whole support system I'm going to make sure no one else has one cool <laughs> alright that's it that's the tweet okay. <laughs> we, we, we all have our feelings and uh, they're all valid but episode 6 gets the clean sweep and now let's move on to that last final award it's a fun one let's do it and your winner is episode 6 from the desert comes a stranger and here are your Great Expectations nominees. Great Expectations. Yes, a fun award. It's the one where we're looking forward, looking ahead at uh, what we can expect happening, the questions that arise from this series. Brian, what's your nom? <sighs> questions that arise. Um... I guess, I mean, the obvious one is, like, Mando Season 3, but I guess, like, just, like, sticking with this one, like, what, what's the, the dynamics now on um, Tatooine? Like, is, because at the end, um, we have, like, Boba and Fennec, just, and Boba just being like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm really cut out for this, which, like, tough look, my guy, like, all of the, like, dead like free towners on the Gamorreans and everybody like 
They're just like the upset like cricket fan, just like with their hands on their hips. <laughs> like really, like now you realize you're not cut out for this. Um, but I just wanted like see like yeah, what it like. Does Boba want to be like a crime lord? Does he want to like rule? Like, what's what's going to happen with Cobb now that he's in the back to tank? Like, um, not not that I particularly want like more time on Tatooine. I mean, we're going to get it with Obi Wan, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, I guess that's like besides the obvious of Mando um, season three, like just sort of like where where does Boba and, and Fennec um, go from here? Like, what are they? What are their dreams, their aspirations, besides just, like, ruling a few cities on Tatooine? Maybe that's it, but I would imagine it's something else, so. Gotcha. All right. Kyle, what's your nom? Um, I admire Ryan for keeping it with the Book of Boba Fett, but I, I just, like, all of my questions have to do with other shows. Um... I'm going to mention one that it, maybe it feels like a cop out to do this because I feel like it's almost confirmed we're going to get this in the Ahsoka show. But I, if we don't, it will probably be the biggest letdown of anything Star Wars related ever. Um, I like that we have already established Ahsoka and Luke knowing each other. But going into the Ahsoka series, if I don't immediately get that flashback to them meeting, I'm done. I'm not even watching it. I'm not watching the Ahsoka series. Like I, I need her to meet Luke and I need him to explain to her about Anakin coming back to the light. And, and I need her to tell him about his father and about how he called her snips and how she called him a sky guy. Like I, I need all of that. That is something that is like star Wars fan wish fulfillment from the moment we knew Ahsoka was going to be live action. I, I remember seeing fan art of like her meeting Luke. Like it was just a thing that people wanted. So, you know, again, I think it's okay that we didn't get it in this because it would have been yet another thing thrown into a show that already had too many things thrown into it. So I liked that they already knew each other and had this respect for each other. But if Ahsoka does not contain a single flashback to that, it is just why make the series? I mean, I you know, I don't want to discount Ahsoka because obviously we want to make an Ahsoka series because she's Ahsoka and she's the best. But you've established that she knows Luke. Tell us how that went. Show us that meeting. So I guess my my great expectations nominee is just the Ahsoka series and her connection to Luke. Anna, what's your nom? I have so many things written down here. <laughs> of course. Like, for example, one of the notes I wrote down was four himbos and a baby plus tech, which I'm assuming means Bad Batch season two. Because <laughs> when we left them, um, this is not my nomination, but when we left them, we just left Crosshair on a platform by himself. So how did he get off the platform? Are you just going to, like, starve to death up there? What's happening? I also wrote um, Narcos in space, which I'm assuming means uh, Cassian and or. Um, but I think the top two that I really have um, really have Rebels tie-ins. Uh, so I'm torn between Thrawn and Ahsoka and if he's going to show up or not. Or are we going to see perhaps an Ezra and Sabine team up to train Grogu and Mando with the Darksaber? And I'm leaning more towards the latter just because Sabine has Darksaber training. You've seen Mando try to use it and work with the armor, and he's not really moving well with it. Um, and, you know, 
that was really one of the big things that happened at the end of Rebels. Ezra disappeared. So are we actually going to see Ezra come into Mando season three, or is he going to show up in Ahsoka? And I think it's not really a question of if they're going to show up. The question is really when they're going to show up. I'm glad you went with that one, Anna, because the other ones technically doesn't have anything to do with the series. <laughs> I know, but I so just that, wrote that's... down a bunch of questions. Oh, okay. yeah, Andor, I... Andor has nothing to do with this. Uh, I don't care. It's Star Wars related. I wrote it down. Those are all <laughs> the main questions that I have personally. That is that is fair. Um, well, since y'all didn't ask it, since y'all didn't nominate it, I have to because it is easily one of the things that most most people are most excited for. What what's happened in in Mandalorian season three? I mean, I, I picked it as in my hype draft for a reason. I and that was before those episodes happened, right? Or like I think we had gotten episode five. We gotten five, yeah. We got five. We didn't know what else was going to happen. I was hyped. I'm even more hyped now. They're reunited. They're ready to go. We're get. I think we're getting the living waters of Mandalore, and I just want to see what happens with their story going forward. And I just anything could happen. And, I'll be okay. That's that's my nom. So, back to Kyle. What's going to be your vote? Go to me first. Uh, I think I'm going to vote for Ezra and Sabine, particularly because, like, they're already. Ezra is already at an interesting place because of the end of Rebels. But when you throw in the fact that we are getting an Ahsoka series, Sabine has been cast. I think, where are we at with the Ezra casting? That's confirmed, not confirmed? There is no confirmation. Uh, Everyone is assuming it's Neenum, but we don't actually know. I think that's one of the best kept secrets in Hollywood right now. I think we only have the two. No, like, well, of course, Ahsoka. But we have Sabine Ren, and then just like the last, like the last day, we have that guy Donovan. I forget his name. Getting cast as the, the admiral that is not right. Thrawn. Yes, he played. He um, voiced uh, Saxon in the animated series. Yeah, um, but the fact that like we we have Ezra, I mean, we know he's going to be in Ahsoka. We don't know the extent. I mean, I, I I don't even know if Ahsoka is supposed to be like a limited series or, a, you know, like I, I honestly think fans will lose their goddamn minds if it's a limited series because they're going to want all the Ahsoka content all the time. Um, but, you know, like just the, the place of Ezra and Sabine now that we have Mando and Grogu is really interesting because, like Anna said, like Sabine has that training with the Dark Saber and has history with the Dark Saber and with Mandalore in general, um, and so her meeting a Mandalorian who, let's face it, has some still some antiquated ideals uh, tied to Mandalorian history would be really interesting. Like her kind of challenging his perception of of their history would be really cool, um, and I think Ezra and Grogu together would probably blow my mind like that would be so fun <laughs> to see uh so yeah these are all really really good nominees and they're all things that i am excited about going forward but it's it's got to be like the the meeting of the crossing of paths of mando and grogu and 
Ezra and Sabine. Take it. Ryan, what's your vote? Oh, Jesus, this is really tough. Um, I guess I'll go with Ahsoka and Luke um, just because, like, I mean, like Kyle said, I don't know if I will fully check out if that doesn't happen. <laughs> I just I just don't understand why it wouldn't, um, especially given, like, what they gave us in that episode and then, like, especially with the cliffhanger, like, oh, so much like your father. Like, you know, they're... There's, there's got to be an explanation of, like, you know, all, all the history that they had. And then, um, you know, Ahsoka's showdown with Vader and Rebels. And, like, they're, they're just, they have to, like, close that loop, you know. So, um, that, and, and I'm very excited to see what that is going to be. So. All right. Anna, what's got your vote? Okay, so we have... Sabine and Ezra, Ahsoka and Luke, and refresh my memory on the other two. The dynamics on Tatooine between, you know, the whole crime, the new crime family and and Cobb, and then what happens in Mandalorian season three. See, this is hard because they brought in Mando, so it kind of like screws up the whole dynamic of the show on like a normal Effies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Mando season three. Yeah, that's my decision. Hmm. Well, just vote for Tatooine. (laughs) Before we die, we're done. No, unfor- unfortunately, that one does not get my vote. Um, I'm, I, I want to know what happens, but I don't want it. I, I don't. There's these other three I, I wonder way more about. Um, I think the Sabine Ezra thing is maybe like down the line. I think that's like a more future thing. That's the only reason I hesitate to vote for that right away. Just I, I think we're getting the other ones first for sure. Um and um, I think the other two, like, definitely directly more tied to what we saw, what we got. The the Ahsoka and Luke relationship and the promise that I think we are getting more of that. That I mean, that's all we've been talking about as soon as we found out, like, we're getting more Ahsoka and, like, we, you know, that they're around in the same, uni- like, same timeline. We're like, hey, you know, just imagine that that conversation. We've talked about it us four before multiple times. And then, of course, the season three. You know, Din, Din and Grogu, the best one of the best found family stories of all time. Um, we just love those two. Oh man, I don't, I don't know, because I Ahsoka is my favorite, but I love Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong either way. I'm going to stick with with my nom. I think I'm I'm going. What happens in Mandalorian season three? Just because I I think I'm more excited for that, and it is closer. We have like a unofficial official confirmation date. It's happening this year at some point. So it's like tangible. Ahsoka, I don't believe has started filming. They're still casting. So I that that's what I'm most excited for. What I what I won't answer the most. What is happening in season three? So that that takes the W. 
And the FE goes to? The future of The Mandalorian, and in particular, what season three will be about. And that finishes up the last award for the Book of Boba Fett Effies. What a doozy, y'all. Whew. Um, that was a lot of fun. Now, before we get out of here, we want to keep out too much longer, but let's just last last closing thoughts. Anything that we did not get to mention that you want to say about the show, this is the time to do it. Anna, the floor is yours. I really just wanted to give a shout out to the train fight scene. I thought that was a really awesome callback to Indiana Jones, and I was really about it. Um, and then there were a lot of Godfather, subtle Godfather references in there too, like in the finale when Boba's walking down the streets, um, like they're offering him a Melu run, which is a mm. reference to Rebels. It's also a reference to Godfather. So there's definitely multiple Easter eggs in there. Uh, if you want to check out a lot of Easter eggs, I went on YouTube and there's videos of like 91 Easter eggs, 101 Easter eggs for Book of Boba Fett. They're very long videos, but they're definitely worth it. So definitely check that out. All right, Ryan, anything else you wanted to say about the series? Um, yeah, it, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I, uh, it, it was, it was cool. Um, and, you know, we're probably not going to get this, but, uh, since the next one is going to be Kenobi, but I, I do hope we, Spend some more time away from Tatooine going forward. Like you know, Tatooine is is you know, it, it it's historical and it, it has its its place on Star Wars and and it's always going to be nice to pop back in there from time to time. But um, just to be so Tatooine centric, I, I think we can start to move away from that. Hopefully, yeah. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that getting away from Tatooine reminds me of what I said in our group chat a little while back Tatooine is turning into the Florida of the Star Wars <laughs> um, it's just where everyone goes to kind of like hit their like last chapter of their lives or do crime you know <laughs> or, oh. oh I mean it would be a, a god awful place to live like between the numerous monsters uh, out in the desert um, like if you're not dying from heat stroke you're getting eaten by a monster <laughs> or you're getting shot by one of the various crime lords that like um, rules one of the cities like I, I, I totally get why the mod kids are just like being street punks outside like, that house. Like, <laughs> like what what else are you supposed to do if you're stuck on Tatsy? Yeah. Oh, I thought okay, you were talking but... about there. If your options are Hoth or Tatooine, it's Tatooine all day, every day. Like, there is no contest. But yeah, there's like your options yeah, are like thousands of other planets, yes. too. Yes. Of course. Okay, fine, not, yes. to, <laughs> not to say they can all fly. Not to say they can all fly. Defending Tatooine, but you know, here we are. This is a weird episode. If forced <laughs> to choose between Tatooine and Hoth, yes, I would go with Tatooine. But that, like, if if that was my choice, I mean, I'm just you're you're really that would really be bad yeah like what's happening on naboo let's go back there yes there's some great lake houses there i heard i would love to <laughs> go chill on those that lake house in naboo play in the flowers and talk about sand <laughs> and um, fascism apparently <laughs> and fascism that's the autobiography of uh one anakin skywalker that's right 
Okay. Um. But that, that's all I had to really say else to add on the show. It was, it was fun, and uh, what we got out of it, I'm looking forward to see it keep going. Kyle, you're, you're anything else you want to say about the series? Like a panther. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that's it. Uh yeah. No, I I am glad Brian brought up the the mod kids because I don't get it. I don't get the hate. I thought they were fun. They weren't the best thing ever. They weren't the worst thing ever. They're just a fun little addition to the show. Uh the chase obviously would left a lot to be desired, but like they the characters themselves were, you know, fun little spunky additions to the crew and they were helpful in the end, you know, in the finale. So um, I think Star Wars fans tend to, you know, act in hyperbole sometimes, and they're not the wor- the mods are not like the worst Star Wars characters we've ever gotten. People need to start remembering the prequels before they start yeah. saying stuff like that. Um, <laughs> they were fine. Uh, yeah, but you know, if we don't get a season two of this, I think that's okay. I don't think that's the end of the world. If we do, they need to do some course corrections, but I'm okay with that too. Um, if anything, I think we should just so I, we can get more Timora because he clearly is having a ball and I think that he deserves better than what he's been given. Um, so even if it is Boba showing up in other shows, I'm OK with that because he's just yeah, he's fun as hell. So let let him keep playing uh, Boba as long as he wants. Give us an old man Rex show, you cowards. Oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> please. Um. All right. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up. Fellow Ratbirds, that was fun. Anna, Ryan, thank you all so much for joining us. It's always a blast talking to you all. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you all on an episode together again one day because it was this was a success, I'd say. Um, yeah, I, I thanks everyone for listening. It was a blast. I love talking about all this. And once again, uh, if you all want to be included into an episode, and not only that, but curate the episode you get to come up with the episode idea and everything uh you just need to leave us a review or rating and be sure to screenshot that rating and uh send it to us on one of our socials or our email uh planet.fantasypod at gmail.com and uh, we'll you enter you into that drawing and you get to curate that episode so good luck for everyone uh kyle we got what we got for the people yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you so much to both our tiebreaker and our announcer. Same guy. Thank you, Thad. We love you. Um, next week is uh, our Stewards of Sound series. We're chucking along to the 1990s. Really great decade for music, and I'm already stressing out trying to pick six songs from it. Um, yeah, and then March is just going to be full of all kinds of fun stuff. We are getting up to that 100, and we are so excited. Lots of planning involved. We hope you all will like it because there's a lot of work going into it. But yeah, thanks for listening and we'll catch you all next week. This is what we do.